Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Brad Lone Star Studios in Azle, Texas. This is Primetime Special Edition 134. Tonight, we kick off another aging experiment. This time, we tackle the Padron Family Reserve number 46 Maduro, and we will recap our top 10 lists uh, that we did for Cigar of the Year, as we do as a tradition every year. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistently earning the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos and been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sunburn, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity of layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Promo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Promo's highly claimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrelage, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention... Tobacalera USA, uh, Tobacalera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacalera USA, great things are happening here. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco Company. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio R.O. took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now, with JRE Tobacco, Justo and his father, excuse me, Julio and his son Justo bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of brands, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasting in every drawer. And we want to mention Drew Estate, makers of the new blackened M81 line. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. A masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is a rich and powerful but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. It's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. Go to your local Drew, uh, 
estate Drew Diplomat dealer and ask for Blacken M81. And as always, all the live streaming for the primetime show, as well as the California studios for the Thursday edition of the primetime show are sponsored by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is primetime special edition 134. We're kicking off the 2023 season of um, the uh, primetime special edition show, which I think technically we're in our seventh season. So um, how do you count that? But I'm counting about calendar year. Uh, Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Square Studios. And I'm joined um, cross country in Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios by Mr. Bear Duplessis. Good evening, Coop. Good evening. You are a little rusty. You, you, you forgot who you were talking to there for a second. That was that was that was fun. Well, what did I say? They say oh, Aaron. you're just very you were very careful about introducing me. I was like, did you? Well, did you forget? Did you forget if it was me or Aaron tonight? Or well, it was a whole different thing. I had I had two new commercials go in there tonight too, and one of them mm-hmm. didn't make it into the notes. So I, so I was literally reading off the other oh. machine there um, to do that. So that was a little bit of a, of a challenge. I haven't really. I have the only shows I've really done from our side has been um, we've recorded a few jukebox shows, but I haven't done a live cigar show since we had Lazuka on a few weeks ago. So it's really I needed some downtime, uh, and I took some downtime. Uh, the bad news is I'm I'm out next week again because I'm at I'm at the Nicaraguan festival. So um, oh, poor you. I mean, yeah, yeah, poor me. Uh, so. it sounds all. I mean, it sounds awful. I mean, I don't know how you're gonna make it, but you know, well, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll try to, we'll try to survive without you, Coop. I mean, but no, no, I'm sure you guys will. You know, it's actually a little more complicated to go to Nicaragua than it used to be. So, how many tests you have to take? Three, four, ten? No, I just, I, I did get a booster shot last week, um, because I needed it anyway. But that was it. I don't have to do anything else. But uh, you have to take paperwork and, um just little things you have to deal with unfortunately uh which don't make it uh you know just, just travel in general is not fun anymore uh well uh, um i mean it couldn't have been as it couldn't have been as you know as pulse pounding as it was trying to find an area airline ticket to florida you know for march that was hell yeah um <laughs> you know i love abe and no one like beat up Abe more about moving the great smoke out of February than me. Right. But you got to be careful what you wish for because he decided to move it and he's moving it right in the middle of spring break now. So it's not easy to travel. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was an entertain. Yeah. It was entertaining. Find an airplane ticket. I got one. So I'll be heading to the great smoke for my second straight year and uh, giving you guys all the, the greatest recaps. Uh, I'm sure we'll do a great recap like we did last year and everything. So yeah, uh, f- fun times. Yeah, no, um, it's gonna be pretty good. But Ben's coming down. It looks like as well. So I mean, it's gonna be pretty good. Well, 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 nice well weekend. never mind. It's been ruined. Right. <laughs> as long as he doesn't no, put yeah. Wordle, as long as he doesn't put Wordle scores up, but he's fine. It'll be it'll it'll be great, man. It's 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 gonna be so good to see Ben outside of the show. And you know, we're, we we you know we work. I mean, we work all the time, but we work hard. We work yeah. really hard during PCA and stuff, and it'll be nice to actually just relax. Uh, you know, I don't think, I mean, um, I mean, outside, I mean, when he was living here in Texas, I had a couple opportunities, but 
I mean, outside of PCA, I don't really think I share very many cigars. I've shared many cigars with him because he's he's always been behind the camera, so he doesn't smoke during the trade show. So it sucks. No, no it's true. In fact, I got together with him twice since he's moved to North Carolina outside of PCA. So, um, but I think he's going to take the drive down with me from from uh, from from North Carolina, which is always a, f- a fun drive, um, to say the least. So, uh, looking forward. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, but I, but I'm not going to complain to Abe again about the time of the year of this. Um, all you got to do is not conflict it with Pro Cigar. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm asking here. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a fun time, and uh... it, it will be. It will be. Uh, I know Abe's going to start doing some rounds. We uh, he's going to be on the primetime shows in March. I told him he can do all these other shows first, and I'm going to figure some creative way. Um, to make that, to, to, you know, when he's on the show, like I, we usually do something creative when he's on. So he's going to do the Thursday show this time. I think he's doing your show on the 17th or 19th, right? Yeah. Yeah. 19th. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, yep. about a, about a month beforehand and, yep. um, actually a month. Exactly. Exactly. A month, month exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, uh, you know, I think it's been a, um, like I said, it's 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 gonna it's been a long time since we've gotten together. I think just in this type of setting, um, not that, I mean, we're gonna be doing some recap stuff and all, but like you said, PCA is a, is a lot of work. Um, so I mean, you know, everyone thinks you know it's just about getting free cigars. So, you know, which that you know that's true, I guess, right? But um, you know, there's no work involved with it, right? No, I mean, no, I mean, like, like the uh, age old adage, you know, you, you, you do something that you love. You never work a day in your life. Right. It's exactly. Too it's too bad. We have to work day jobs to work the job that we love. Yep. Yep. Um, no, but it's, 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 um, you know, but we're kicking off the year pretty good. Um, I can't complain. You know, I've had like, you know, I've, I've suffered with my sports teams probably more than anyone in a lifetime should have to deal with. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I dealt with a decade of losing with the Phillies, a decade of losing with the Giants, and I've gotten a little life back in the last few months. Is what I'm just gonna say. And I'm just gonna yeah, kinda, man. It's been a good it's been a good run for you, you know. It, it, yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, now people are talking about the you know they're talking about the Giants again as, as having a shot against. I guess they have a shot. I guess like Rocky had a shot against Apollo. There's no reason why the Giants don't have a shot against. Um, the Eagles, but I'm, I'm well. I I, I told you they were going to beat the Vikings, didn't I? You did. I and Garrett didn't messages I? me. Yeah, Garrett, you did. Garrett messages me, right? Garrett Robinson is a Vikings fan, and he goes, "Um, hey, you know, uh, good luck tonight." You know, I said, "Hey, man, we have no shot. You know, don't worry about this." Right? I said, "No shot." Like, <laughs> um, last words. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it's so I got a little bit. I mean. You've had a little bit of a rough year, I mean, to say the least, which, you know, you've had some good years, but you're, you're having your yeah. rough patch this year. Yeah, it's it's been it's been rough. It's so. been rough. I mean, the Celtics gave you a little hope, right? I mean, I told you. Yeah. This. Well, yeah, I guess if you look at it from the calendar, your perspective, like it was pretty good. Like the Celtics, like I, you know, I thought I thought I thought we had no chance. Um, and you're like, yeah, you know, they're going to they're going to beat the Nets. And I was like, what? Yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, if they get past the first round, they're going to run the table all the way to the finals. And I was like, wow. Okay. Unbelievable. Uh, Yep. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, So, but I mean, they, now the Celtics could win it this year. 
they have a real shot. I mean, they're, uh, a lot of the odds makers are looking at them as the favorites right now. Uh, especially the, way the West is kind of crazy right now, too. So uh, we'll see. Um, all right, Bear, I need to move for like one minute here. Could you like? Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that airtime. Yeah, I apologize. Well, well, folks. Anyway, like we're really we're really appreciative of you all joining us tonight. We've got a great show found out for you. Uh, something that uh, we've had the opportunity to do over the past couple of years is take a look at different cigars in an aging capacity. So, uh, for those of you who are, are aren't new, uh, this this will uh, be the repeat of something. Uh, but if those of you who are new uh, and don't know me very well, um, I am a big aging nerd. Uh, when it comes to cigars, I love uh, age experimentation with different types uh, of different types of cigars, even the ones that uh, they tell you not to age. Uh, I learned the hard way not to age Drew Estate cigars, uh, particularly Liga Pravada number nines. Uh, they don't age particularly well. Uh, I also uh, have uh, really enjoyed seeing what aging can do to uh, particular cigars as well. So even in that same breath. Uh, you know, in the Connecticut broadly spectrum, we saw the La Carême from Crowned Heads perform extremely well, uh, you know, a few years ago with our aging experimentation. Um, so good stuff uh, that we've done on this show. We've done a cigar from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, uh, Todos Las Dias. We've done the Crowned Heads La Carême, as I mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, we've done the Aladino uh, uh, Corojo Reserva uh, in the uh, uh, Figurado. Uh, and prior to that, we did the Foundation Cigar uh, uh, wise, uh, not wise men, tabernacle, uh, CT 142. So, uh, those are the ones that we've run. So we've got a new thing today, you know, and Coop and I are talking about this in particular, a uh, particular, and we're like, Hey, what do you want to do for aging experimentation? And I threw out the idea of like, I want to potentially do something a little bit different. We've had a real go at boutique lines, you know, Dunbarton, uh, JRE, Foundation, and Crown Heads. Let's take a look at something a little bit more classic or potentially a little bit bigger box. Uh, so we went more classic, just something uh, that's kind of timeless. It's been around for a long time. And uh, uh, Coop, I'll let you, if you're back, I'll let you go ahead and we could talk and introduce the cigar a little bit and decide what, what which direction we decided to go ultimately. Oh, thanks, Bear. Thanks. Uh, I just had to make sure we had power. So uh, there was that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, there was not something plugged in and I was low on power. So I uh, had, to, had to make an exit stage left pretty quick, but appreciate that. So um, we decided to go Padron as a brand. And, uh, you know, the title of the show that we went with the Padron 46 year um, Maduro. So it's a family reserve 46 year Maduro. You know, there are several family reserve cigars, but. I believe the 46 is the forgotten one of the series. I think it's the one that gets like overlooked the most. And this is a five and a half by 56 Robusto extra with a, with a, uh, a box press. But, you know, there, there's some, if you follow the series, there's the, um, the 44 was the first one. Um, then it was the 45, which uh, got the very high, um, you know, it got the number one cigar of the year for Padron. And then the 46 came out and I think it stood in the shadows of the 45. So, um, and then there, there's been other ones. There's been the 85 for Jose Orlando Padron's 85th birthday. 
there's been the um, 50th for the 50th anniversary of the company. And there's been the 95 and 96 ones recently, which have been for, again, Jose Orlando Padron's birthday. But the family reserve, they either mark Jose Orlando Padron's birthday or the company anniversary. The 46 was released in 2010, and it was for the 46th anniversary of the company. It's it's so unbelievable to me how long that cigar has been out. It's been out. And like I said, it's it's one years. that I think gets overlooked. Um. And I and I, I guess I'm not out of school for saying this. This is a cigar that Bear and I really like. Okay, it's it's one that I think when we met, oh I picked him specifically yeah like yeah yeah I so, I have to, I have no qualms saying I pick I picked a favorite here. It's oh, not like and, I went off, it's not like I went I went I went total chalk when I was no, like, no. We're talking about the drum. No no exactly and and I know when we first met one thing I think we kind of had this is something that you know we shared is this cigar. I think is our favorite of the series, right? I, I mean, I think you know, now, but what we haven't done with these, maybe is put them through the aging experimentation cycle. Um, I've smoked some of these with, you know, fresh when I got out of the humidor at the store and I've smoked some of these with some age, but we haven't looked at that. What I like to say performance over time, right. uh, which I think is a mantra that you and I share also, because the way we do our lists and the year list, which we're going to be talking about tonight, we yeah. talk about performance over time, which I think that's the differentiator of how we've done our list. So the aging experiment kind of falls right into that in that there is. Did you like? did you explain the three steps or no? Um, no, I didn't go into it. Like, so okay. we're so, yeah. yeah. Um, so we in the, the first reiteration of it, actually, the first. Yeah, the first reiteration of it we did. Uh, basically uh, fresh off the shelf in six months. Right. And so we took a, another approach to it with the next one, which was the Crown Heads La Creme, which we did uh, fresh off the shelf, six months and a year. And we found with that particular cigar, while all three smoked incredible, smoked well, uh, the six month uh, cigar for both of us performed. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I still say it's the best Crown Star, Crown Head, woo, Crown Head cigar I've ever smoked. Um, it was phenomenal. Um, from there, we did the foundation cigar CT 142, uh, the tabernacle. Yep. I, uh, we did again, fresh off the shelf, six months in a year. Uh, I thought the year, uh, performed pretty well. I thought it was probably, it wasn't that big of a differentiator for me, but I, I remember enjoying it more. Yep. Um, the, uh, Aladino Crojo Reserva Figurado, um, I, even though the strength was kind of lost after a year, like, I think yeah. the year was a much, much right. more refined cigar. So that one, yeah. And I think that was key that like, so, you know, with the crown heads, the aging peaked around that six month period. But with that Aladino, it went the full year before we really kind of saw it peak. Um, And, you know, Padrones have a reputation for not aging well. Yeah. I mean, it's so, kind of like little... true estates, you know. Yeah. yeah. Provides. Yep. Padrones don't have that. Rep- I mean, they have that reputation of not aging well. So. This is going to be an interesting part of this experiment, I think, going into this. So this I mean, could be a very expensive disaster. Just saying. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it's part of. The show. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. You got. You got to live. You got to live once in a while. You got to live once in a while. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm okay with that. Me too. Like when you suggested it, I didn't really blink at the price. Um, not so much. You know, it's for it's it's a business expense, I guess we'll say here. You know, but uh, but uh, you know, I don't have a problem. Well, like this cigar is not cheap. It's like twenty eight bucks, twenty seventy five. It retails for, 
And I don't have a problem paying twenty. This this smokes like an ultra premium cigar. I mean, this is this is a great cigar. So you know what's I know, crazy about that is what? it's only gone on three dollars in thirteen years. Wow, wow, it, it, that is kind of crazy. Twenty five dollars MSRP off the book. Yeah, uh, off the off the off the shelf in two. Wow, twenty ten. Yep, pretty cool. There we go. Pretty cool. Good job, George. Yep. No, good job. We love you, man. Yep. <laughs> good job. Uh. All right. Why do I see two? Oh, okay. I see the other angle. Okay. Yeah. Um, it just switched. Yeah. It just switched. So, yeah. The, uh, it's the angle. Well, the angle threw me off. That was what it was. Well, yeah. I've got the other one in there because I was, I was trying to boot up the other computer, like I told you. So, but no, the only no. one that's being broadcasted is the one that I'm speaking in because the yep. other one is muted. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. So I'm going um, to switch it now when we have, I'm going to switch it when we have a break. I'm fine for right now. Okay, so before we're gonna get we're gonna get into lighting this up, but um, I do want to mention our Tobacco Lara USA contest tonight. Yeah. Now I have a problem with it. I didn't get the photo from them, but I have the I have what's in it. So the we have changed the way we're doing the giveaways. Okay. So there's gonna be multiple. If you watch the show, you can have multiple chances to enter going forward. So I'm gonna always announce the contest on this show. You're gonna get first shot at it. You'll get a question here. The question is worth two entries into the raffle. The next day, this will go up on the coop site and it will be open to the general coop audience. And you just have to leave a comment on that one. Right. So I'm asking yeah. you a question. Since you're getting two raffle thing, you're going to get a little bit of a tougher question. Uh, but then, um, like I said, then you, and you can answer and by tough something you have to look up on Cigar Coop. Right. You know? Something you have to look up. It's, uh, the answers are always on Cigar Coop. And then you can enter again tomorrow. So if you enter tonight and tomorrow, you get three entries. So you're getting a, but I will not accept entries after the show closes uh, for the double. So you have multiple chances to win. What do we have? Oh, I did list it out here. Um, it is a Monte Cristo prize pack. Um, is that showing up? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't have a picture of these things. That's the thing. So um, it's a sling bag, a torch lighter, a flask, an enamel pin. A cigar pairing guide and a pamphlet. So, um, what's I'm in this sure. pamphlet? What's in the pamphlet? I'm not sure. I'm Some not sure. Awesomeness about Bonnie Crystal, I'm sure. I, I'm probably just. It looks like it's a brand pamphlet, so it's probably background on the brand. Which oh, you cool. Use, which you may be able to use for future questions. You never know. Um, yeah. but actually, I have a. Sometimes I was getting these, but to be honest with you, it's it's, it's easier if I get the photo of these prize packs. Um, but okay. So what do you have to do to enter tonight? Right? Well, and tonight I'll just say this, the answer will be given during the show tonight, but you may want to get your answer in early is what I'm saying. I want to know the Monte Cristo cigar that landed in the cigar coupe countdown this year. And when I say, I want to know the cigar, it's the line and the Vitola. If you leave the Vitola out, you will not get the two entries because Bear and I are stickler for Vitolas on a top 10 list. So, and you just hashtag it with Monte Cristo in the live stream here. I want to know the Monte Cristo cigar that landed on the Cigar Coop countdown this year. I'm not even asking you for the position. I'm just asking you for the cigar, but you must give the Vitola name. You do that, you'll get two entries in for this prize pack, which I don't have a picture of yet. Um, and But you, if you've seen our prize packs, you know they're pretty cool. They do a good job uh, with that, uh, the Altidus team with that. All right. Any other questions? Everyone got that? Hashtag it with Monte Cristo. And hashtag, what, what are we, hashtag what are we doing? 
Um, all they got to do is they got to tell me the cigar coupe, the Monte Cristo cigar that landed on the cigar coupe countdown this year. They have to give me the the line and the Vitola. And then hashtag it. Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo. Yep. All right. Here we go. Cigar-coupe.com. All right. Pinned to the top of that page is the number one cigar of the year for Cigar Coupe. It's the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare. Okay. That's the article you click on. But Bear, he said Monte Cristo. Just shut up and listen to me. Okay. All right. At the top of that article, there are little things called tags. Okay. And one of them is the top 30 cigars of the year. You click on that one. It goes to this magical chart that has all the cigars on Coop's top 30. It's fantastic. I just gave you the answer. You're welcome. Hashtag Monte Cristo. Hashtag Bear's awesome. Bear is awesome. By the way, I got to say something else. You know, if you ever want to ask me if I've heard of a cigar, right? And you can't get hold of me. Guess what you can do? You know, you can you can you can use that that magical search bar, and see if I've heard of it. In case you, I don't mind you asking me, but if you can't get hold of me, you can use that magical search bar. It is a powerful search bar. Uh, it, it is your friend. I want that to right. be your friend here. Um, you don't need anything else to you know. And, and maybe if it's not there, it's not there. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, or, you know, you can find stories with that. You can find brands. Every cigar coupe question is answerable through that search bar, by the way. And people have won nice prizes because of that search bar. Yes, it's true. We have a valid answer in the chat. Okay, it's valid. I'm not saying if it's right or wrong. We have a valid answer in the chat. Hashtag Monte Cristo. Right. The name of Monte Cristo, the name of the cigar, and the Vitola. Yep. That is a, that is a valid entry. So yeah, it's valid. It's it's by Jay Davis. So if you can go look, that is a valid entry. Not saying it's right or wrong. That's a valid entry. I mean, I gave you the answer, guys. I mean, that's. I mean, it really did. You can't lose. Yeah, you can't. Like I said, there's nobody who makes our contest easier than than this show. I've been accused of making it too soft. You you will win good prizes. Well, I you've don't... also been accused of making it too hard. So let's be honest here. I was accused There's by kind of... one person making the airport contest too hard, and I'm not gonna get him mad again. So... <laughs> I was accused. There's only one person who thought the airport contest was too hard. I mean, honestly, uh, yeah, just put a picture up, and, and it was the crime to put, you know, ha- hashtag it with cigar coop. God forbid, right? <laughs> but, so, uh... um. So let's throw up that price pack one more time, Coop, because I want people to know exactly what they're getting. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. I, the enamel pen. Okay, so this is all Monte Cristo branded stuff. So we did it a Monte Cristo one uh, about a year. I think it was almost about it was about a year ago, right, Coop? When the probably about a year. Yeah. Um, and we had some really cool stuff. They do some really cool brand stuff. Uh, there that that slim wallet that they had uh, that was Monte Cristo branded. That thing I used for, and I man, it went through hell. I, I mean, I ran it through about a year and a half worth of crap and 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 it went through two wash cycles because i forgot that again it was so thin i forgot it was in my pocket so uh uh really cool stuff but the sling bag torch lighter flask enamel pen the pairing guide is something i'm really excited about um i like when um when Raphael and his team get together and do stuff with like food and drink i think they've 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 it's kind of the trend that they've been on coop i don't know i mean i've just really i've really loved what they've been doing with that yeah i do it's too really cool. Um, they did, they sent one out with hot chocolate, a hot chocolate pairing once, 
I forget what the cigar was. Right, couldn't, was, couldn't was, do that one, but it looks good. Oh, it was the Espada. It was the Espada they did it with. Yeah. Well, they did the Cuba Libre, too. Yeah, they they did that. that and cool. they, did, they did the Cuba Libre. They did, um, they sent out a, uh, what is it, the Bad Palette beer for Aaron? Yeah. Lost Palette. Uh, lost Palette. I'm sorry, the Lost, lost Palette. That was, that was sent out, inspired by Aaron Loomis, by the way, that contest. Right, back packing. Yeah, so you got this lost palette beer. Oh man. Yeah. Uh yeah, so so yeah, bad, you get the bad, uh, bad palette beer. Yeah. Um, even the craft beer, even the craft beer audience wouldn't go for that, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I should have a picture of the prize pack. So I'd encourage you to enter. If you can always refuse it if you don't like the way it looks, right? Um, so uh, I, I don't I haven't had anyone refuse these packs. Um, I do have to tell people and remind people it is a U.S. only contest. I apologize for that. We just we can't work it out any. Out of the no, way. I was just making friends with Alejandro in the chat. He's listening from Brazil today. That well, sucks. You, you, we can send it to you if you want to send it to Brazil. I mean, uh, you know, but but I don't have the budget to do it. Uh, unfortunately, so I, I don't even know how much I don't even know how much shipping costs from Brazil. Well, the last time Probably I sent something, the last time I sent something to South America, I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I sent to Guyana, and I sent it in February, and it got there in November. And that's the truth. So I met this guy in Nicaragua in 2010, and I was staying at the hotel there, and he was a, he was from the Guyana he was from the Guyana uh, soccer team, literally. Oh, uh, that's right. I remember this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was from the under 25 team he was. And, you know, he's like, he goes, hey, do you know where I could go buy a cigar? I'm like, don't go buy a cigar. I got, I got plenty here, right? There's no place to buy either. So, you know, I, I shared it with him <laughs> and I said, hey, I'll send you some cigars. When I give, give me your address, I'll send you some cigars. So I sent him this stuff. I mailed it out when I got home in February. And he got the package in November, this guy. He said, I finally got the package. I'm like, why? I thought he had it by now. I go, yeah. He said, it finally came. Jeez. So, I would have given up at that point. I, I, you know, I said to him, I said, look, if the cigars are bad, I'll send you some more. I, you know, <laughs> there was good stuff in there. I, but he said the Bovida was actually filled, like the Bovida was still liquefied. Cause I asked him to check that pack. I said, if that's hard, it probably means the cigars aren't good. He said, no, the Bovida still had a, a plenty of liquid. He said in it. Oh, that's great. Yep. That works. Yep. So, so yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, that's uh, a yeah. shout out to our friends at Boveda. Oh, I, I, you know, thank God. Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah, I got to say, I visited the Boveda headquarters. Thanks to Garrett Robinson. He got me over there. Uh, great team over there. So uh, what a cool place to hang out. They have like this office. It's like this uh, office kind of in the Minnesota forest. <laughs> Almost like it's pretty cool. You know, it just has this beautiful view with the snow, the, the snow laden, you know, ground and everything. It was really nice. But okay, so yeah, this is your contest. Hashtag Monte Cristo cigar at me, Monte Cristo cigar at me, the cigar coop countdown this year. And we're back. Terrific. And, and you know, I just want to also just give a, a real uh, thank you to uh, Rafael Nodell and the Tobacco Area USA team. Um, they've really been partnering us with a lot of things on the shows this year. So they made a great commitment to us, and we appreciate that uh, greatly. So thanks, thank you to the team on that. You'll see we have some new segments running on some of the other shows as well as we have continuing with the um, with the contests and with the great things that are happening here. We'll continue on this show as well. So 
really thank you. Uh, you have a company like Altidus with those iconic brands. Uh, that means a lot for a small show like this. So thank thank for them for their support as well. They've been great people to deal with. And oh, Raphael will be in Nicaragua, so I'm definitely gonna be you know trying to like latch on to him, right? Because he gets all the best food. It's true, and I mean, and it's been a while since you guys have seen each other too, right? Um, I like saw him about a year and a half is the last time I saw him. I was in, I was, I went to his place in in Florida when I was down in Miami. But wait, uh, what? You went to his place? Yeah, I did. That's why I got without to, me. Uh, we talked about this. Like we were gonna go together, and he no, was but that eat was dinner. that was after that was afterwards. We, we oh. talked about that afterwards. We haven't gone. I haven't gone okay. since then. Believe me, okay. we're, we're gonna try to go there. If we okay. have time, we're gonna try. We're gonna try to go there. It's the goal. Um, but the guy get the guy gets the best food. In the, I mean, the guy spent two weeks in Italy eating. I mean, I'm sure you're sightseeing too and smoking, but he was doing a lot of eating. Let's be real. I mean, I'd be doing a lot of eating in Italy. I would be too, and, and because those food pictures were epic. Let me just tell you. You know, I was like, I talked to him right before he left on the trip. I said, "Pace yourself." You know, he's like, oh, "I'll pace myself." Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll be. Uh, but no, we, and thanks to that whole team. They, they've been really good with us this year, so we appreciate it. All right, but we're going to get back to Padron right now. Um, And, you know, I got to be honest. I keep looking at this thinking it's the I, natural. Dude, I'm with you 100%. I pulled, so I was like, I was like, oh, Coop, you're seeing things because I pulled it out uh, I, and I looked at it in the bag. I was like, no, it's they're, they're plenty dark. Um. Oh. Uh, this, yeah, I pulled it out of the, I pulled it out of the bag. Uh, yeah, I had them vacuum seal it because I wanted to make sure, um, because the, these are uncellowed. So I was a little right. nervous. So I asked them to, to vacuum seal these. Um, so I just pulled it out too. But, but I'm like, but they were, but the UPC said, I looked at the, the UPC is saying Maduro. This is Maduro. Now, all monetaries, we're going with this as a Maduro. Because I have seen some of the Maduros on the lighter side from Padron. I have it's not that I haven't seen this before, but I always just in the back of my mind wonder. Right. So uh let me so I'll, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna fall on the sword here and be a little transparent with our audience. Um I didn't know that the 46 came in a natural. I've only smoked the Maduro. Yeah, I, do. I, I had no, I had absolutely no, I had absolutely no idea. I'm going to be honest with you, I had no idea. That's actually. why you didn't complain when I got because I thought I know you always grab. Well, because I said the 46. I said uh, we just kept referring it to as the 46. We never said the Maduro. Right. We and just I said, said hey, the 46. I hope, I hope you're not mad. I got the Maduro. Um, I was able to just get six of them. So he's like, no, he's like, that's great. I'm like, okay, and uh, but yeah, they do, they do make this in a natural and a Maduro. It's crazy. I had no, I have, I don't know why it never occurred to me. I mean, they do everything else in natural Maduro. Why would they do just this in the Maduro? So why would they do it? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, shows you, shows you I've been brain farted this whole time, but I mean, it also shows you how often I've smoked it. Right. I mean, this is by far, this is, I've, I've had the cigar probably, I don't know, less than a dozen times. Every time has been phenomenal. Um, this is my favorite Padron. It's my favorite over the 90. It's my favorite over the uh, over the 50, over the 45, both natural and Maduros, over the regular uh, the regular 1926 lines, over the regular 64s, uh, and even over the classics too. I I think it's the best cigar they made uh, and why, make. Why is this cigar never gotten the love from aficionado? Do you know what? I was going to bring this up. So you yeah. know what? So this is the cigar. So like they they've received like these really high ratings. This cigar. 
has never received over a 92 rating, which I mean, it's a fucking 92. Like, let's be honest. I mean, it's great. Right. But it's that great. It's the best Padron and it's Padron and Cigar Aficionado loves Padron. And this particular cigar has never gotten over a 92. It, it, yeah. It's never made. I think the 44 might've be the other one that didn't make it. I could be wrong on that, but um, this one, I'm just shocked. It's never landed. The 45 has gotten all the love with this line. And you're right. Yeah. It's my it's my favorite Padron. It's my favorite Padron. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I I mean, look, the, the it's not like the others are bad uh, or even by a stretch. Like this is just this that good. I really enjoy it. I think it's phenomenal. Oh, I agree. I I totally agree with you on this. Um, and like I said, you know, I know the 45 got the cigar of the year, so I understand. I understand that. And this was oh, and the 80th of- too. I like it over the 80th. Oh, oh, this is yeah. This is by far better than the 80s. Um, I'm, like I said, you know, Padron's always interesting because it's always a battle of what's your favorite Padron, and then is it a natural Maduro, and then what size? So you kind of fight. You could kind of have these little battles with Padron, and kind of go different ways. And and uh, you know, there's really no wrong answer on it. Um, it's really, it's really, uh, it's really what you what you just like, you know. So I got a question for you. We already talked about cigar aficionado ratings. So between cigar aficionado, half wheel, and cigar coupe, who gave the cigar? Who has given the score? This cigar the highest score? Um, I think it was coupe. I think I gave it a ninety-three. Final answer. That's my final answer. You sure? I'm going to give you one more chance. Um. No, I give it a 94. I give it a 94, I think. I'm going to say Coop. I'm standing by the Coop rating. Yeah. You did give it a 94. I was going to correct you there. Uh, it was it was Coop. Half will gave it a 91. Yep. So, again, this is why, you know, you should follow the Coop list. Because, <laughs> yeah. Recognize greatness properly. Yeah. I mean, I remember, too, we, um, I mean, I remember we, we talked a lot about this on Stogie Geeks as well. And, you know, we always kind of had our, uh, and this one kind of, again, it was, some of us liked it and some of us didn't like this one. Um, but I, like I said, I, I agree. I think this is my favorite Padron. I'm not going to disagree with you on this. Uh, it's that Robusto. I, you know, it's a Robusto grind. It's, it's a thick, you know, I didn't yeah. really care for the, you know, me being the big ring gauge guy, I didn't really care for the 95, which is a 60, a short. It's like a four and three eighths by 60. I didn't care for that one. Yeah, that was an unusual take for them. I, I was like, that was, um, I mean, if anyone was going to pull it off, it was them. Like, I look, I, I haven't had it, but I'm just saying, like, it was, it's the only one that I haven't had. It's the only Padron I've probably, yeah, it's the only Padron I haven't smoked. Yeah. Um, Thus far. And like, that was, and not because, not because it's a 60. I just haven't had the opportunity. Um, I yeah. No, I get that. And it, it, they were hard. It was to, just the Maduros were hard to get. The Maduros were impossible to get. By the way, I only got two of them. Yeah, unusual, unusual swing for them going for the sixty. Yeah, totally unusual with that. So, um, Stace is complaining about the forty-six at figures. <laughs> I don't like large ring gauge cigars. He doesn't watch the show. Yeah, I, I like Argen, but I like Argen yeah. gauge cigars. I know. No, but, but he, he said you guys. He said you guys. He's referring to me. Implies both of us. Nah, I'll say he's referring to me on that one though. He knows I'm a big ring gate. But Same. I didn't like the I didn't like the 95. I gotta be honest with you. I have not really wowed with Padron doing the 60 ring gauges. 
does not want to. It's not what I don't think their blends are meant to be in a 60 ring gauge. I'm going to be honest with you on that. I've had the I've had the smoke in one they did. It never wowed me. I mean, I love Robusto, Robusto Grande um, cigars. Uh, not, I mean, not necessarily this big. Usually I'm yeah. like that 54. Yeah. That five and a half by 54 kind of size. Yeah, definitely kind of just definitely hits. I think that's the size that um, Henderson Ventura does incredibly well. Like he, he does a Robusto Grande in a lot of different size in a lot of different cigars that he makes for himself and for other people. Yep. That just usually hits like, He's got he's got he's got a beamer on that size. So like um this and this that I don't know. This is this is exciting. I'm really excited about this. So what do we want to do, Coop? Let's let's uh uh let's give it we have a give we we didn't really get a close examination yet, so let's do that. Um again, a light it's a light it's a a lighter wrapper for sure. I don't know how it really varied on the color. I mean I mean could it be a natural that that was mislabeled? It could be, but unfortunately, I don't know. So we'll know when we taste this. But uh, it's uh, it's a soft box what press. A, what a what a fun thing that would be, man! Right? Right. Exactly. Here we are here. We are lauding about the Maduro, and we're never smoking a natural. But that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I've smoked a lot. Like in general, I tend to only smoke the Maduro, but they do have a natural in this. Um, you know, it's a, it's like I said, it's a it's a very silky wrapper on this thing. Soft press, um, but firm. No soft spots on here. Nice sweetness off off the foot too on this thing. Yeah, really nice. Uh, barnyard. Yeah. Cherry. Cinnamon. Nice. Very yeah, I get all that, that. I get both of those. Like you said, the cherry and the cinnamon. It's making my eyes water a little bit. <laughs> uh, is that Topo Chico? It is. They were out of uh, Perrier. Yeah, my wife went to my wife went to Costco and got Topo Chico, so I was stoked. But Perrier is cheaper. It's the same thing. You know that, right? No, it's not. Water's it's water is One's one's H2 Perrier. One is H H two O is H two O is what I'm trying to explain. It once once from Mexico and one's not. It's still H two O. It's wait. Water is supposed to be odorless and tasteless. If you believe that, Coop, you need to shut the fucking show down. Like, if you <laughs> believe that water is the same universally, yeah, brother, no. Uh, that's why. I, if that was if that was the case, I wouldn't have a filter on my. I have a well system here at my that's property. Right. I wouldn't have a filtering system if that was the case. <laughs> it's the same. Uh, oh man, you kill me. You really do. You right. really do. All right. You have you cut your cigar yet? I'm gonna do it right now. All right. What are you What are you cutting it with? I'm cutting it. With, I have one of these cigar blondie cutters. Which is this nice. is a great cut. This is a great cutter, by the way. Um, I actually use this a lot. It's very. What I like about it, it's very. Um, it just has a lot. It feels I have a little weight on this cutter, which is nice. But uh, I'm gonna nice. cut this right at the cap line. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Going with the match, Coop. You are. I'm going to give it a little pre-light first. Get some of those berries, man, on the, that pre-light draw. Getting berries, a little bit of a cocoa powder note. Um, some hay, a little cocoa. Yep. That berry, though, is a very... It's not that jammy type of berry either. But no, really no, nice. yeah. But it's a little I, tart. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. You lighten? Yeah. All right, I'm going to toast, toast and lighten. Well, yeah, I'm toasting with the match first. So. Of course you are, yeah. You're, 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 no, and I'm not knocking you, by the way. Uh, you just have more patience than me. But I am using. Well, this is really cool, too. Like, you get to, like, really light the foot. Yeah, and like let let that tobacco kind of like just toast up a bit, and you get the. If you light with the mat, by the way, if you toast with a match, you get there's a and shit you not man, this is crazy. There's a lot more tip. Typically, there's a lot more smoke coming off the foot that you can yeah. like gauge the aroma. Yep. I know that sounds weird. No, I get it. I'm using my this. I have a cigar bondi lighter too. It's got the fan flame on it, and it's really soft. It's a very soft flame, and I wanted to use it on this cigar. Just again, because I want to do what you said, kind of just toast this and let the tobacco start to kind of take it. Oh, man. Dude, that aroma is fucking oh, sensational. I'm smelling it already. I know. There's like this. It's like this campfire. Not like KFC, like smoke, like not like not fire tobacco, right. like campfire smoked, like almonds, like leather and like licorice, man. It's so fucking balanced. It's crazy. This is awesome. Oh, cigar aficionado, you guys have missed the bullet with this one. You know, it's interesting that 94 today would be like a 92 on Coop, though. So it was reviewed. Oh, it's still years. like a Chuck Norris cigar, though, right? It's a Chuck Norris cigar. The year it came out, I didn't smoke it in time for the Coop list. Because that was the first year of the Coop list. So. But yeah, but you, rate, you, you reviewed it in 2013, though. I did read, yeah, I finally read it in 2013. These were not easy to get at first. These were not easy to get. They were out there. I'm not saying they were impossible to get, but they were very limited production. Oh, shut the fuck up. Hmm. Great draw. Get this out. might be like the first cigar. Like, I mean, listen, I love the other cigars that we smoked. Like, we chose some really good ones. But like, we, this is this is a cigar like I'm in love with, though. Like, we we went with this is also the first time I think we've gone with. Well, this is the first time we've gone with a classic. Right, you I mentioned I mean? that earlier while you yeah, were while right, you were off. Right. Earth. So all the other ones were recent releases, and so this is one we're going a little back in time with. But I like the idea you came up with when, when, when as soon as you said the idea, the brand and the cigar, it was like, yeah, yes, let's do it. Let's get these. Um, you know, yours did go through um, 
Well, I had to ship yours to you. So, I mean, but uh, like I said, they were vacuum sealed. So, and oh, by the way, we just, you know, I think every year except the first year, we've always gotten and sourced the cigars from the same place. So they're not sourced from different stores or anything like that. Right. Yeah. We, we keep, we want to keep things as consistent as possible. Right. The idea is to keep the experiment. Like the first year we did it, I think we actually did a couple of different sizes. We did two different stores. We did two different sizes. We st- like, we still store them differently. I think. Uh, Cause you keep yours at what? Um, This was, I kept this at 66. I had this at 66. Okay. I keep mine at 65. So it's not that much different. Not that much different. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep these in the uh, cigar coupe review humidor so these are the same cigars that i am reviewing that anything going to review there's a review humidor so every cigar is reviewed whether it's on coop the smoking syndicate the round tables or here i mean it's in that review humidor so it's meant to be consistent that way all right so while we're talking about the cigar i i have to note something here there's a couple of things i want to note um so right off the bat like I am met with this incredible retrohale, beautiful spice, incredibly oh. full flavored. Like it is, it's in, it's in your face. Um, <laughs> on your initial review of this coupe, I had, I was, I was kind of giggling into it because you were talking about on the final thoughts. You're like, um, you mentioned how, it's ex- it's an excellent cigar in terms of flavor and complexity and construction. The 46 is also the largest ring gauge. And while a box press of 56 still isn't going to be around it, it's still not as large as the rounded 60 gauge. Um, oh, here it is. This is also a cigar I would recommend for an experienced cigar enthusiast, especially for those who like Maduros. While this wouldn't be my first choice for a cigar novice. Yeah, you think... That's putting it gently, man. There's some, there's some kick with this. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, this is a, this is a powerhouse of a cigar. I mean, this is up there with, like, your La Florida Minicanas, like the you way know, that they look, like. When I was looking at the review just now, right, and I'm like, I said maybe I had this assessed a little high, but no, I don't think I did in terms of strength and body. This, this some, this is definitely some. These, these family reserve blends, while they're different sizes, with they're very different. In terms of each of the, they're blended to the size, I think. And, you know, Padron will blend to the size. Well, I, I think they have to, I mean, because they only reached one Vertola, so that's, it's, it's apparent that they're, they're blending to the one size. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not saying, you know, some companies, they do it, like, more diligently than others, I think. Yeah, it's got, I'm getting this, like, cocoa chalky taste. Too. That's, I mean, that's not a negative. That's actually a positive. It's kind of this some cocoa I'm getting. I'm definitely tasting the Maduro off this thing, though. So, uh, but yeah, it's got some kick. There's some nice kick to it. I'm getting like you're getting chalk. I'm getting more a little bit more. And you could probably chalk it up. No pun, all pun intended. Right, right. You probably chalk it up to like more minerality for me. I get uh, some of the minerality too. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of coffee there that's mm-hmm. a little bit more dark roast as opposed to like an espresso yep. or like a cream coffee. Um, if memory serves, and we'll see how this performs uh, to memory, but there's a, creamin- a creaminess element that kind of comes in later in the cigar experience 
that, that I've had. Getting, yeah, I'm already getting a little bit of it. True. And it definitely is a cream, which I think is one thing I really like about this cigar is it's it's got that soft creaminess to it, despite having some kick to it. Really let that smoke go through the mouth and Robert's asking a question and then he like is like apologizing for it by asking he's not trying to challenge us. So what are you what uh -huh. are you asking, Robert? What are, I missed I missed the question. Where is it? Yeah, sometimes the questions get a little less. Uh, just just here. Oh, okay. Oh, good no, good question. No, he asked about the vacuum seal. So uh he said, just out of curiosity, when vacuum sealing them affect the aging, so is uh, air permeable, right? Uh, he meant for shipping. It was just for shipping we did it, yeah. Yeah, so no, great no, great question, Robert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I, I pulled them out. Um, yeah. They're in my humidor. Yeah, yeah, Robert. Um, so yeah, was, no, great I question. A, I had to ship these like a couple weeks ago, and it was a cold, dry day in North Carolina, and these aren't sellowed. So I was very worried about, and this is one of the cases I didn't buy extras of these. Like sometimes I'll buy an extra. I probably should have bought an extra of these. Dummy me didn't, um, because things can happen. But yeah, I just it was more for shipping purposes. We did that. No, that's a great question, and I think it's an important one too because, it, you know, while we again to our point earlier about being consistent with things, there, there's there's something that we there's something to be said about, and we've talked about this in the past, Coop, about the, the way that cigars perform in different parts of the country during different times of the year. There's yeah. there's times. In North Carolina, like if your cigar isn't stored properly, like you can't smoke a broadleaf. It yeah. if you do, it doesn't. It just doesn't taste yeah. the same. Like it doesn't taste bad necessarily. It doesn't taste good either. It's just it's different, right? So um, that was a really good call, Coop. Because honestly, like it, like it was it was a different type of weather over there in North Carolina for you, shipping across the country, yeah. and God knows what kind of containers. And then it gets to Texas, where one day it was like you know, uh, you know, you know, one degree, not right. kidding. And then one. it's like 70 degrees two days later. So like, yeah. that's a huge fluctuation that can really affect your cigars, yeah. which is why it's important to have, you know, a really good, uh, humidification system like yeah. Boveda or Scar Oasis or any number of, of, you know, type of yeah. humidification systems. Um, and then humidors that are well, either well seasoned or incredibly well built, like like uh, Daniel Marshall or Ellie Blue or some of these like really ones that like don't need any kind of seasoning at all. You just they're yeah. they're perfect. They're ready to go out of the box. Like Daniel Marshall, when he sent us the uh, the 38th anniversaries, they were sealed in they were vacuum sealed in the humidipack. Right. And he sent them out in February, and and I was once I got them, I took them out. Right. So yeah, it was a, he did the same thing actually with that. But yeah, so, yeah. Daniel Marshall knows a thing or two about about uh, yeah, yeah. storing <laughs> I'm gonna, cigars. I'm gonna trust Daniel. By the way, did you smoke that yet? Yeah, it's freaking amazing. I mean, I yeah. gotta find. I I I may have to weasel some more out of Carlito and Daniel. More Daniel. I mean, it's fifteen hundred bucks, and you know what? I was tempted to buy it if I can find it. it it's that freaking good a cigar. Yeah, it, it was. It's, it's a special. It's special. It, you know. Not to debarge, but I just gotta say, it was a Dominican Puro, but it didn't smoke like an Opus X at all. Right. Well, I think that's, I think that's, I think that was important for Carlito to do. I agree. I agree with it. I don't think. And I think, I, and and for, by that same token, I think it was important for Daniel too. Like, they yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I agree. Because I thought, oh, maybe he's going to smoke a gun for sex. I could tell it was definitely a Dominican rapper on that thing, though. There's no question, but it was not as strong as the Opus X was. Our man, Jay Davis, man. Fucking Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, man. Always be closing. He knows a guy, by the way, if you want some more of those cigars. Oh, Jay's, <laughs> Jay's got him? Uh, that's what I would assume here. Uh, yeah, so, so I encourage you to buy from Jay. A uh, big supporter of our show, big supporter of our industry. He's got uh, a lot of good stock. Um, and, you know, so definitely go to him. He's one of the he's one of the best. I, I, I was, you know, that trip's coming in, in September sooner. And, I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to be going there. So uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a good time. Blue Smoke. Uh, have a good time at the McCalla, uh, McAuliffe uh, Open House. Yep. Yep. And uh, for anyone wondering, that noise was an Amber Alert. So you're probably getting those two right now. Depending on how far your reach is. So wait, not wait. Sean's asking not what about 72? 72 is a little high. For he's asking about 72 degrees, 72 humidity. I I I I, I have 72 Boveda packs specifically for when I ship. Right. Uh because I don't know what the I don't know what the, the I mean those containers get really freaking dry and hot. Yeah. And so I want as much help as I can when I'm shipping something to you. And then in the summer, it's like here, it's so humid in the summer that I stay away from it. But the thing is, the key thing, what I tell everybody, it's inspection, right? right. So if you start, like, if you start to feel those cigars a little hard, um, you know, you know, you have to adjust it. it, it it's a, especially the review humidor. That's why there's a review humidor where I'm kind of constantly checking those things. Now, my overflow humidors, I'll be honest with you, aren't quite as anal. We, like I have a lot of overflow places, which is uh, that's not stuff that's getting reviewed or rotation. I hate the word rotation, but rotational type stuff. They're in other humidors. So, yeah, um, no, that's another great question, Sean. Uh, really, these are fantastic questions. Yeah, there's no um, bad so questions, guys. Yeah, and, and we don't want anyone to be intimidated by asking a question. So, Sean, you might, you know, because I know you're you're not in the mountains or anything like that, but you're in the mountain time zone. But like. I know you're at a higher elevation than I am personally. So more than likely you probably need a little bit more humidity. Um, yeah, than I do. I used to do so. So point of fact, I used to do 72s and it just I, more often than not, most of my cigars were a, just a tad on the spongy side. It wasn't like so much to the fact of like, Oh man, you know, it's not like the it's not like they were ruined, but I could tell they were a little bit on the spongy side. I was like, I was missing something. So what I did is I dialed it back. I went to an extreme and I went to the low 60s for aging. Too dry. So I went up to 65 when aging cigars for a long time. Uh, and it's worked out really well for me. Um, my normal humidors where I've like, I guess to coops equivalent to a Coop's equivalent to like his review humidor. I keep it 69. Uh, and that seems to keep him right on the money in short term. Um, but in long term, like I don't want as much humidity constantly seeping into those cigars. So I go a little bit lower at 65. So that's me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I tend, like I said, I, and I tend to not like soft cigar, any soft. By the way, the drawer in this thing's fantastic. Uh, it's got the Ben Lee milkshake drawer. Yeah, it's for it's it's perfect, and this construction is incredible. Look, I mean, this look at this. This is that is that is the definition of razor sharp, and that is a razor sharp burn. The draw is perfect. I have a little air blowing, so mine's a little off, but it will. This is going to correct itself pretty soon, so I'm not worried. 
Hmm. Oh, Sean was just kidding. Well, I, Sean, uh, Sean said he was just messing with you. Yeah. Um, that's still a great question, though, Sean. I think I think for a lot of people out there that they don't necessarily yeah. know. Uh, so he keeps his about the same too. Yeah. So I guess I was wrong about the elevation thing. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Mitch uh, also keeps his a little bit on the lower side too. Um, so that's interesting because those are some really two uh, two extreme uh, elevation differences. If I know their geography correctly. So. Jay made a comment. Jay made a comment again, and I want to go back to the vacuum ceiling piece. Um, vacuum sealed is sealed. It's different than so. He's hundred percent right. That's permeable. Again, this was strict. I just want to say this was not for storage. This was for strictly getting these across the country damage free. Oh no, it's Robert that had the question on Jay. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought I thought Jay Jay was only the. Point he might have mentioned something, but it was it was in Robert's and Robert's. Robert Robert asked a question. I know Jay made the made the uh, made the comment about um, the permeable part. Which is very, I think it's an important point about the solo. What he said is Alan Rubin running the show. Don't, don't encourage him, <laughs> dude. Haven't you seen the movie Beetlejuice? What's wrong with you? Um, no, some great questions so far. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, like I said, don't, I don't want anyone to ever be intimidated. We'll, we'll always try to answer a question. And if it's, if it is a stupid question, we probably won't answer it. But, but I'm not, no, we can't get to every yeah. question. Yeah, no, I mean, there are such things as stupid questions. And if you ask them, uh, we well, won't embarrass you. We just won't answer them. We, we're not going to make fun of you for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, mm. Damn, Coop. <laughs> I'm trying to slow down, man. I want to enjoy this a little bit more. I am too. like. I'm already like a three quarters of an inch in. I, I, you know, I'm doing the uh, our, our round table like snail pace, which is how I tend to start off with. Um, it's good stuff. Why don't we hop into what we're going to talk about? Let's do our first couple of picks, and then we'll yep. we'll recap what the first third has tasted like overall. Yep. yep. Uh. So no, like we have finished our list. Um. The only person who has not done a list who is doing a list from our team is Aaron. I think he's a couple weeks away still, from what I understand. So they still have reviews they're publishing, but uh. The uh, we both finished our list back to back days, so mm -hmm. um, good job by the way. If anyone did not catch Bear's show with George Brightman, um, I know sometimes people don't want to sit through a whole top 10 show, right? This <laughs> is like a top 10 show, like no other guys. This was the bar raise, the game chains with a top 10 show. It was one of the most unique shows I ever saw. Um, and you had a really good list this year, Bear, so. You should also thank be you. Proud of it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I, I was I particularly it, proud of it. Um, I, it. I think there's like one thing, there was one maybe I disagreed with, but it wasn't a dud either. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I wasn't, I did guess your number one. So I got to say that I did guess. Yes. It. Yeah. You got the number one right. So did I. I got yours. Last right. year was the first year I didn't get the number one right, by the way. That was the first year I didn't get it right. It was last year with the dissident. I didn't see that one come. I should have saw it coming. I didn't. You had that. You had it in the top three, though, right? Yeah, I think you had it at like number three. I think I had three, but I didn't. I didn't see it as one for some reason. So, but this Espinosa was. I I saw that one coming. But uh, but yeah, you had a. I I called it an eclectic list of cigars, 
um, because I didn't want to use the word. It's a, it wasn't a boutique list by any means either. I mean, you had, you had small, medium, and large companies in there. But honestly, I think Ben would say the same thing. You, you could put those cigars on a table. And honestly, uh, th th if you can't find a really good cigar you like on that, then shame on you. I, I hope my list is the same. My list has the problem is I have limiteds in there, and that's where it gets tricky. So, but Jay um, Davis just gave me back to back compliments, and I don't know which one I enjoyed more. Uh, he said that he agreed with you that in the, the that the show was just fantastic, and um, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by those words, Cooper, from you and several others. I got some amazing feedback from it. It was a concept that. Um, <sighs> I came up with, um, cause I wanted to do, again, I wanted to do something different. It wasn't my fifth top 10. It was my sixth top 10, but this was my fifth anniversary, um, yeah. of doing it. So I wanted to, I wanted to do something different and, you know, it's the, it's typically been the shortest show of the year. Uh, I, I, t I tend to not smoke anything cause I'm talking the whole time. Uh, it's kind of like, it's it's a very special show to me, but I've also at the same time it just always felt rushed. Yeah, and uh, and so I not that you know my audience doesn't deserve a break from my long winded shows every now and then, but like I wanted to do something different. Uh, and you know we've had the the opportunity and the honor of meeting and getting to know George Brightman at a pretty cool level. Um, we really and, have. Uh, he's his feedback for us has been invaluable over the last couple of years. And he's, he's been a personal, um, you know, he, you know, I'll, I'll go say it, go ahead and say it, like from what we do from a standpoint, he's something that I, I aspired to, you know, he, um, he, and those Draper dialogues were, were epic. I don't think they'll ever be recreated. Yeah. And uh, it was something that I wanted to, that I've aspired to on my yeah. show and everything. And so like the fact that I had the opportunity to, you know, sit and talk with a guy who virtually created created the top twenty five list. You know, had a huge hand in it with Marvin uh, and Gordon and all those folks at Cigar Aficionado, and who's smoked and reviewed and his tobacco knowledge is incredibly extensive. Um, it was something that I really wanted to. Uh, Jay's second compliment was that you know he uh, he loved all but two of my cigars and. You know, usually he hates half of them, which is pretty accurate. So the fact that I picked eight cigars that he really enjoyed it, as I don't again, I don't know which compliment I like more. <laughs> well, you had you had usually there's always one like I call a dud on your list, right? And it's not that it's a bad cigar; it just hasn't hit me basically. Wow. Um, you know, and I picked on you at one last year. I know that, so I don't want to mention it. But uh, they, this the, the company shouldn't feel bad because they got cigar of the year from me this year. <laughs> I didn't. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't just, think it was a, I don't think it was a, I think I think you misunderstand the blend I think um, you're I think you I think you want it to be something else and it's I, not and therefore it's a disappointment and, and we're talking about the Kintsugi here I I agree I think that that cigar is an Alec Bradley cigar it's not an Alec and Bradley cigar so I keep going back with that right right so your expectation and, and, of now, it is to be something different yeah completely and, different than what it is now the Broadleaf is an Alec and Bradley cigar, Bernard is an Alec Bradley. <laughs> it just has that, but that's under the experimental series. So I'll just say, right. The double like brothers, yeah. The double brothers, yeah. So, uh, but Bear, why don't we kick it? We'll kick, how do you want to do this? You want to do, we'll go back and forth, 10, 9. Is that how we want to do it? Yeah, I'll do, uh, if you don't mind, I'll kick it off. Kick it so, off. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so 
yeah so i i did my top five uh i did my five honorable mention which are basically five limited edition cigars that don't qualify because they're limited edition cigars that i really enjoyed uh coop calls them my honorable mentions uh my consolation prizes uh or whatever you want to call it uh consolation trophies yeah uh the everybody wins the millennials uh the millennial wins whatever but then i had my top 10 list and it started with uh, number 10 uh from ace what was ace prime at the time now luciano cigars the sergeant uh which i thoroughly enjoyed the first time i smoked it at pca last year uh not in 2022 but in 2021 uh is when we sat down with luciano and lit up that cigar and i thought it was phenomenal in vegas of all places um and uh proceeded to smoke quite a few of them over the the next uh the next year and a half and uh really enjoyed it um and i thought that it was i thought it was a very good cigar that performed actually uh it kind of had like this uh this valley in the middle i thought it performed really well out of the gate it kind of had a drop off performance wise uh in the middle uh of the uh, of the time frame and then um and then it uh and then it kind of peaked in the last like six months or so and smoked incredibly well so and they're smoking really good right now i just had one uh on the eve of the show actually um because there were cigars that were on the bubble so uh and this one this one made the cut yeah so there was a little confusion with this cigar um i to me it was a pca exclusive now is pca exclusive does that is that considered limited in your book no because i think it's it's for it's for us it's it's produced for a select group of people who right. attend the trade show. Now, then what's the difference between that and TAA? Well, TAA cigars are in fact limited cigars. There is and, a limited and, quantity and put you have behind to be, it. And you have to be kind of blessed to get in that club. Correct. A big, that's a that's a good old boys club. I mean, and I'm not trying to knock it, but but you have to be invited to be in that thing. You have to be invited in everything. You have to be of you have to be invited as a, a manufacturer. You have to be invited as a retailer. Yeah. So you have to be invited on both sides. Um, the and so there there was deliberation about this, but this one actually came the the my source came from my source is pretty impeccable because it came from Luciano himself. He said he told me that it was a regular it was a regular production cigar. So I think at first it wasn't going to be, and then it, like I know when I I actually went to Half Wheel because I said they if anyone they would know and they had it as regular production. So I said, okay, yeah, you know, based on now, you, if Luciano's saying it, that's even better than Halfwheel saying it. So I'm like, okay, it, it's not limited. Uh, in fact, I don't think it's PCA limited anymore. I, it, it's not. Uh, yeah. So, so at least according, like, again, uh, I mean, that's that's the plan with uh, Luciano cigars moving forward is that they want to make this a regular production item. Yeah. Or this yeah. is a regular production item that they're going to be producing. So. Yep. So we'll. Um, we know that there's a, I mean, elephant in the room. We know there's a factory change going on there, um, but some of the factory, is the same. The blend with the factories going on, yeah. Something's something with the factories going on. Production's going to change some way, uh, uh, but the blender it hasn't changed. And so, yeah. like, he, if anyone knows the tobacco, it's going to be it's going to be him. So yeah. it should be a consistent performer. Good. Uh, uh, oh, two comments. First of all, bravo for picking a 58 ring gauge. First of all, uh, <laughs> it was closest to us. 60 I can get for you. Um, and second of all, this cigar did resonate with the coalition team last year. We we all pretty much liked this cigar at the trade show in 2021. Yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, I think it was a, it was a winner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew, you know, I knew again, this was a cigar you liked. Uh, 
but I knew it was kind of late when it came out last year for it to make your list. So, uh, yeah, considering I didn't really smoke mine until like the the, the first non uh, sample ones, I didn't smoke until later. Yep. And they still performed really well at the gate. Like it was really crazy. It was really crazy. I think this cigar is getting overshadowed still, probably by Maria Lucia and now Mas Ignis. So. You know, uh, Fiat guess, Lux overshadowed it. And Fiat Lux. I think it's getting a little overshadowed. And probably because it was a little more, again, it was a PCA release, so it had limited distribution to start. Um, but now, you know, I think, so I think this is, I, and it sounds like there's going to be more sizes of this coming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, I know that, I know Jay was disappointed last year and probably this year that I didn't choose the Fiat Lux. I know it's a popular one for him. Um, but, you know, this, this cigar is the one that just hit my palate. Yeah. Um, uh, the most and I really I really enjoyed it. The Fiat Lux grew on me. It was one of those cigars that was like, okay, this is good. You know, and I liked I, it. It's grown it's grown on me though over time. I smoked I smoked a ton of them up in New York in in March and it was a really good cigar. Uh every morning when I was staying at the hotel there, uh there was an area to smoke and I went out and had that cigar every morning. So yes, it was an area to smoke at a New York hotel. So uh yeah, really good. All right. Uh, so number nine, uh, and then we'll do your ten and nine, Coop. Yeah, um, we won't do your thirty. Uh, but no, 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 no. no. Uh, so the next one is the arrival uh, by Ken Hamlin, uh, manufactured by La Roar Cigars, the Robusto size. So um, this is a cigar that I tried initially, uh, kind of on a whim. Um, to be honest, I was like, I like La Aurora. Um, I wanted to see what Ken uh, Hamlin. Uh, could do i was really a big fan of what carl malone had done with la aurora so knowing uh carl's story and the process and everything that he had to go through to get a cigar i knew ken had to go through something similar if not but i mean probably more intense uh and uh because i don't know how long ken's known uh the uh the folks at la aurora but i mean carl malone's known them for decades apparently and it was still very difficult for them to get to make to make a cigar so um so it, it i wanted it to, i wanted to try it and i got a few sight unseen smoked them loved it bought a box bought another box and uh and just fan, it was a fantastic cigar i really enjoyed it um uh i think george uh during my show called it an old school style smoke and i could not agree more it's got it's a multicultural blend. It's got some phenomenal tobaccos in it. Um, and, but it smokes very much like a really, really beautiful, elegant, you know, Dominican cigar with some of that Nicaraguan spice. So there's a little bit, you, you could see how like, it, 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 I, I feel like it's got, you know, as Ken's talked about the cigar in particular, um, it, it, it has a little bit of his, influence in it you know he wants he wants a little kick he wants a little pop you know as he says you know we have arrived you know that's the tagline obviously yeah. um and I, and i think i think he delivered in a really world where real way i hope he continues his journey in the cigar industry he's a fascinating individual i've loved the the brief conversations that i've had with him um and i think the cigar is a hit yeah you've been bear was high on the cigar the coming like late 2021 um I know you started getting high on this cigar very, very early. I thought this would be land on. I was not surprised this was on the list for sure. Um, so it did land on the list. It's it's La Aurora. It's made at La Aurora. 
Um, Manuel Noah was involved with, and, and you're right about Ken. He was a, he was a, a real pleasure to talk to at the trade show this year. Uh, and like I said, he's taking it slow. He's not like pumping out lines and blends. I think, I think he's got more projects in the works. Uh, we definitely have to get Ken on a show. That's like, yeah, I think he's another guy who can make it with the celebrity cigar. I really do. So. Yeah, I think so. I th- again, I think his I think his approach is um, is just one of very folk, you know, one of focus and concentration. I don't. I think he is one of these people that are blessed with not knowing much about the industry, and so I think it's influenced. That's influenced him in a positive way because I think if you've spent any time around the industry or in the industry, you're like, okay, so I have to come out with three different types of scars. One of them has to be a Connecticut. I have to have Gordos. Um, you know, uh, I have to have a Toro, which he has a Toro in the cigar. So it's like, but like he, he didn't, I don't think he really followed the, the quote unquote model, you know? No, he didn't. Um, definitely didn't. I'm having trouble getting, there's the Robusto. It's a little, the, um, the website's a little tricky to navigate with the, uh, zoom. The, uh, the other thing I have to say is we walked into his booth and it was, uh, you know, he was so humble, you know what I mean? Very humble guy. I found mm-hmm. it. Um, which is, he was like digging being at the show and everything. So, uh, I think we were one of the few guys who like covered La Aurora and we got to talk to him because for some reason, cigar media didn't go to La Aurora this year either. Like Oliva, they, they, uh, which we went in there and it was like, uh, he couldn't wait to talk with us. So it was great. Yeah. It was but, this, but, but you've been high on this cigar before you met him in person. Bear's been like, he, he was sending, the yeah. coalition team, this cigar, and those are usually the hints when he's starting to share cigars he likes. Those are the ones you start to look at and say, "Is this going to make Bear's list or not?" So, <laughs> yeah, and it's just a matter of where it's going to land. I thought it would be a little higher. I'll be honest with you. I thought you may have it a little higher, but I was thinking like six to eight, maybe. So not too far off. It did. It did drop a spot. You know, I would say uh, like overall, like yeah, you know, nothing. It wasn't too bad. It just, um, you know, it's a, it's a. Um, I hate using this word because it goes against my criteria, but it's, 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 it's regular production, but it's, it's hard to get, it's, you know, limited availability, I guess is the best word. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I go with the Steve Saka definition. Everything's limited. Right. Um, but the difference is if the blend isn't being made like a few times a year, then it's, then I consider it limited edition. You know, if it's being made, maybe, you know, they're making a couple of production runs a year of it. I'll consider that, you know, limited availability and then if it's not being made for a long period of time then it's limited edition is how i look at it am i up yes sir 10 and 9 sir all right so let's go to um let's go to my number 10 um and this is you know again way we kind of do our list is performance over time. This was a late 2021 release. Um, I think it was overshadowed by the other 2021 releases, namely the um, Paladin, Desaka, and the Stillwell Stars. But this was the 448 line extension to me, Corita Tricky Chaka by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, number 10 cigar. Steve just the 448 size is you know, we think of Steve is a big bulky guy, but he masked this 448, he just masters the size and whatever he does. He did one of these in the blue line as well. This is Steve's size, and uh, 
this is the closest cigar. If the Turkey Traco is based off the firecracker size that he did for Garofalo, this is the closest, I think, to that firecracker experience you're going to get. Great cigar. Um, I, I immensely enjoyed these. And uh, I, again, I, I, I was, it made more lists probably last year. But again, it performed consistent throughout the year for me, um, giving it a top 10 slot uh, for, for Mr. Saka. Were you, um, so you were pretty high out this out the gate. Like did, how did, like we talk about cigars falling or dropping and stuff. Did it pretty much hold firm as a top 10 contender the whole time or did it move up or? It moved slightly down is what I'll say, but not okay, much. So it, oh, it so it was firmly. Like, yeah. But I mean, when I say slightly down, it may have been, it was, it was potentially contending for an eight or nine. So a couple of things did shoot up a little more than this one, but but that's not bad either. I mean, I, I thought it would be top 10. It still held on to the top 10, but I didn't think this was going to be top five. Got it. Yeah. I, I think it's, a, I think it's a nice looking, like I said, I think it's, I think this is, like I said, I think this is Steve's size. I think I'd love to see him do a 440 in every one of his lines. Uh, because the, the Mi Carita Gordito, which is the same size, is my favorite Mi Carita that he's made in the blue line. And this is my favorite one in the red line. So maybe he could do one of these in Saka Khan. And I like that one, but this is Steve. I think this is definitely Steve's size. Comments. I, I think the, uh, I think this has been an incredibly popular line for him. Um, it's it's a cigar that it's like it doesn't matter the size. It seems like it, it's kind of hit everybody for the most part. Uh, and this particular Vitola just hit you um, incredibly well. So. Um, is it your favorite of the tricky? It's your favorite of the tricky chakras, right? It's my favorite of the tricky chakras, definitely, and it's yeah. also my favorite. The size is my favorite blue, uh, because like the tricky chakra, the five fifty two came in at sixteen the year before, so this is definitely a step up from being sixteen, is what I'm saying. Right. So, which one do you like better, the blue or the red? Like the blue, comparing the, the, the blue. Okay, so the so the blue. So yeah, I'm a, yeah, okay. I'm a blue guy. Yeah, blue, red, blue. The, yeah, the blue. I think finished five or six when that came out. The blue did. The blue was on the 2018 list. Yeah, or I'm a much bigger fan of the blue. Yeah, I'm a. I, I think the blue. You know, I always think that when a portfolio comes out, like you're trying to put your best foot forward first, and then when you try to expand the line, it's tougher to kind of top it. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened with me, Kare- the me Karita brand. I think blue is something he hit very special. I think he did a very, very good job on red. I'm not sure about Saka Khan. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't a bad cigar, but it wasn't my favorite. I just haven't found a cigar in this particular line that's hit my palate like it has everybody else. Like everyone has a size in this line. And this, this blend really you, speaks you, to like a lot of people. But I think that's okay. I think that's totally okay. Yeah. No, the... Uh, I mean, I, I mean, we're going to find out in a second that I have much, I love Steve cigars, but like, I, I think the Sober Mesa is still, still overall my favorite cigar line that does. It's the original one. The Cervantes Fino uh, is my favorite size. That's my favorite um, size in Sober Mesa. Everyone loves El Malcano. I'm a Cervantes Fino guy. Yeah, I, agree I absolutely that. dig it. It's so, so yep. phenomenal. Yep. Um you know, I, I was one of the, you know, we, we were one of the few people that like Totos Listias, you know, and that's, 
there's a few people out there that really like it. Um, and apparently it just, it just didn't hit the market the way that he wanted to. And, uh, you know, he's not, it's not, he's not discontinuing it, but he's tabling it. Well, because, he, yeah, the, the because Brulee, of, yeah. Yeah. He brought back the Mos Forte, but the, 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 the uh, Total Slistias and, and, and Brulee, the original Brulee have a similar ingredient or have an exact ingredient. They share an ingredient. That, yeah, and he so, use, yeah. so he had to use it for brulee because, I mean, how's he not going to feed that monster? It's right. insane for him right now. Exactly. No, I make that makes sense too. All right, let's go to number nine. I don't have to like dramatic music like Dojo does. <laughs> I mean, I could drum roll if you wanted me to. All right, is that showing up? Okay, um, you may have heard me mention the Zamani Krista that landed on the Scar Coop top uh, list. This was it. Um, the Monte Cristo Epic Vintage Blue Toro made it to Bacalera de Garcia. Another cigar that got overshadowed in 2021. Um, I think Monte Cristo 1935 totally overshadowed this cigar. Uh, Fantastic cigar features 12 year old vintage tobaccos in the filler. It's a Sumatra blend. Um, you know, Raphael's been getting all the accolades working with AJ Fernandez and Placencia. This is one coming right out of Alta. This is um, home park of a uh, home ballpark, if you may, of Tobacco Arda Garcia. Um, Dojo had this on his list last year as well. But I think this cigar, very, very underrated. It does it. I think this cigar does the Monte Cristo pr proud. And you're going to probably disagree with me on this. I do like this better than the 35, which I like a lot. Shut the hell up. Yeah. No, do. you don't. Do. No, you don't. I do. I do. Oh, cool. By, by a slight margin. By a slight margin. Well, that got 12 last year. This got nine. So it's a good. No, this one's a good cigar. And it's a great pick, Coop. Um, I, I look. It's I am. Just, this is not a knock on the. I love the thirty-five. So there's. That yeah, I know. Crazy. I know you're yeah. not knocking the thirty-five. Yeah. I man, the thirty-five is just so goddamn money. It's so awesome. It's so killer. Um, this cigar was really good. I think you're absolutely right. I think it was undershadowed. I really like what they're doing with the Monte Cristo line, though, because the Monte Cristo Nicaraguan that hit, the Monte Cristo 1935 that hit, the Espadas are doing really well. And then they may come out with this cigar and this one hit too. Um, and it's a, it's a really, really fantastic effort. I think it was, I think it was a, I think it was a statement piece. It's like, Hey, you think all we can do is, is work with AJ and AJ can make killer cigars for us. Like watch this. Yeah. Hold my beer. Yeah. And, we and they, and they it. delivered we, it. Yeah. We can still do it. And I do. I, the other thing I'll really say is, this because it's Dominican, it smokes like a Altidus Monte Cristo. It's got the DNA. It's got more of a DNA of a Monte Cristo, I think. Um, they have a number two size of this, which is equally as good, by the way. You know, they do a great again. They do a great job with the number two size. Um, so that's a you know that's a Bellicoso as well. But yeah, I think it got. I think this one got a little overshadowed, to say the least, um, when it came out. But when Eric came in on his list, um, I kind of was cool because I was starting to smoke that cigar. I knew it was good. I knew it wouldn't make my list last year, but it made Eric's last year. I had some validation at least when that happened. All right. All right. Well, so Coop, we have... we're about 
We're about a quarter of the way through our cigars here. I'm a little behind you. I haven't. Have you asked yet? Yeah, I might have fell off about an inch. Okay, I'm going to ash then because I was holding on to this ash. But the ash has been tremendous on this thing. Uh, I am a little behind you, but I was kind of trying to control. I didn't know if we were going to do that. So I'm about probably 20% into the cigar. Uh, simply enjoying this, to say the least. Um, it's smoking incredibly good. The spice is upticking. The body is upticking. Getting a little uh, bit of this... hay note. That hay note's coming a little more prominent right now. Mm-hmm. The barnyard's uh, really, really kind of taking over. There's this really, uh, that licorice note that I got on the mm-hmm. uh, foot. Yep. Um, off the foot is, is is there for balance. Um, the um, real nice coffee leather notes. Yep. Like I said, like a smoked nut still there. Um, it's just incredibly well balanced. Um, even though it's heavy, it's heavy handed. And it's, it's heavy handed. It's, the dense smoke coming off this thing. Swirl that smoke on your tongue, though. You just—it's gonna hit all those receptors. Mm. Drone done right. This is a padrone done right. Burn is good. Like I said, about medium. I'm gonna to need full a nap. <laughs> medium to full in strength, close to full bodied on this thing right now. I am getting a little more spice on the retro hell. Yeah, it's def it's it's it is just hitting at a crazy level. I don't think I've smoked anything this strong in a while. From Padron at least, yeah. Uh yeah. I would agree. Uh but you're right. It seems like there's you know, when I was going through my list and I'm looking at your list, we didn't have I I had one well, I have a cigar coming up, which is a power bomb, but not even a not a big power bomb. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. So as a reminder to folks, um, we're going to be doing this three times throughout the next year. This is our first swing at it. We'll probably be doing one after PCA. Yeah, that'll be six months. Yep. And then then we'll do another one next January at the year mark. Yeah. I think this will... This will be consistent with what we saw with the Aladino, which was really strong off the get. Um, and then it really kind of, it didn't die, but it really kind of balanced out. I think we're going to see that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the That's flavors, my what the flavors, how the flavors will round out after a year. Because Padrones are usually better with less Aignanas. Like Padrones a great cigar if you want to smoke it. It's a great cigar to smoke first. Hmm. Any other unusual flavors that you're getting, or flavors that you're getting that we haven't mentioned? I think you mentioned them all. Uh, that cough, that cocoa powder, is kind of giving way more to a coffee note right now at this point. I do, I do believe we are smoking the Maduros, by the way, even though they're a little yeah. Uh, I, I have smoked, so. in, I have smoked this in the natural, so that's why I'm just saying I, I, I feel comfortable we have the right blend here. Are you getting licorice on the on the retro hill and on the finish? Yep, okay. absolutely. Yeah it's, yeah, it's there. It's a red licorice, you know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. It was like I, you know, it's a, it's not that, you know, it's just enough sweetness for me. It's just imparting, and like I said, you get it on that, 
you know, the finish is the best way. To, and then, of course, on the retro hair with some of the pe- – and I'm getting some pepper mixed in on that retro hair. Look at that smoke. It's, un- it's insane, man. It's producing such a great volume of smoke. It's fantastic. It's, uh, yeah, big puffs of hmm. – big volumes of smoke. Big, bold volumes of smoke. I like it. You know, and this, like I say, it's bolder than the 45 for sure. Bolder than the 50. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Enjoying it thoroughly. Very nice. Yeah. It's a combustion. I, I have slowed down a little smoke, smoke as well. So. Yeah, and if you, you see me squinting a lot, one, it, it is the smoke, but two, like my allergies are going nuts right now. So, like, my eyes are really itchy. Yeah. Uh, for those of y'all in Texas, y'all know what I'm talking about. The Mountain Seer's been nuts here. Wow. Um, we have to watch for the crescendo flavor. Yes. You have to. I wonder if, if there's going to be a cigar that has one. It's going to be this one, right? We'll, we'll see if there's a crescendo flavor or not. We have not. Yeah. You know, if we. we yeah. I've not had one we've done on, on these. You know, we do smoke on a lot of these shows that we do you know, between round tables, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, so any other thoughts on this one? Uh, so far, I'm going to let, I'm going to like, let it sit a little bit. Like I said, it's kind of hit me hard. I definitely want to enjoy this. Yeah. It's definitely bit. hit. It definitely so take, is. take it, take a little bit, take a little bit of time here with it. It's good. Yeah. Um, do you want to go seven, six, five? Yeah. Let's do or, seven, eight, six. or eight, excuse me, eight, seven, six, rather. Let's do that. Yeah. We'll do eight, seven, six. So, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to bring up, you talk and I'll bring up your, uh, cigar. Okay. So number eight for me was, uh, a cigar that really, uh, shined to me last year from a company that really shined. I thought it was, a uh, a, a, a really great year for this particular company. Um, coming out of the trade show in 2021, I think they were, you know, outside of, outside of crowned heads, uh, ACE prime, they were, they were probably, uh, surprisingly, you would think of them as a dark horse, and I, I and I lamented this to George on my show that, uh, you know, I've confessed that like I, this this particular company hasn't always hit my palate. Uh, sorry, uh, we just got a little preview. It went for time at that. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Um, it, it hasn't always hit my palate, and uh, but I've just I've really enjoyed I really enjoyed this cigar, and I enjoyed some of the releases. So, uh, the Rocky Patel sixty got a lot of love from cigar aficionado and from other outlets too um i enjoy that cigar i personally have found it to be inconsistent uh when it hits i think it's fantastic i've also had it where it just didn't hit my palate you know um and nothing nothing gets rocky at all nothing against the cigar at all i think that cigar is a major player for him uh, the white label was another cigar released that year. Um, and then this one was the unsung hero. This was the one that was kind of in the shadows. This was the Rocky Patel disciple. And uh, I smoked it in every Vitola. I enjoyed it in every Vitola, but I just kept going back to that shocker. I kept going back to that Robusto, which tends to be one of my favorite sizes. So I kept going back to that Robusto. And this one was the cigar that, that really, uh, it went from bubble uh, to inside the top 10, um, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, just because I, I just kept going back to it, kept going back to it. And it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal cigar by Rocky Patel. Uh, I will be enjoying this cigar for hopefully for years to come. Um, I think it's better. I've always kind of said that the deck, uh, the decade is probably my favorite. Um, 
I think I found my new Rocky favorite. This is this cigar right here. Uh agree with everything, pretty much everything you said. First, this is the bala size you're seeing here. I didn't have the Robusto, so it's that base kind of little baseball bat. The Robusto's on the right, if you want to. Yeah, the Robusto's no. on the right. Um, first up, Rocky Patel was our company of the year in 2021. And a lot of, for all the reasons you said, Rocky Patel has been firing on all cylinders, particularly with the San Andreas wrapper. Uh, I just think Rocky has just found a way to get really great San Andreas tobacco, and he is making great blends with that. And he has, he has hit on them. Surprisingly, like you, the 60, I had the same experience with. It was San Andreas. When it hit, it was great, but it was inconsistent. This was the sleeper, and this was the surprise. It landed 19 in the Toro size on my list. Uh, the Disciple to me is the unsung hero of that trade show. Uh, it got, again, we're talking about, it seems like a lot of cigars that we had would overshadow by other releases. And the 60 clearly overshadowed this one. As, and the white label to some extent did too. Uh, this, I hope this is a line we see for a long time in the Rocky Patel portfolio. It's a very good line. George seemed high on this cigar too. Uh, he, yeah, he smoked it live. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, that's right. He absolutely loved it. Yeah. He was absolutely loving it. I think this, I mean, this cigar, I didn't see a lot of media guys. Everyone went gravitated to the 60 to review. I sure. didn't see this reviewed a lot by the media. And like I said, you're missing out on this one. This was, this was a great, great cigar. It's a little, it's priced a little better than the, um, it's priced a little better than the, uh, 60, than the 60 in the white label. Yeah. It made, I mean, it makes it more attractive for sure. But it's still, I still, it's not a cheap cigar. It's still over $10. You're going to pay for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I thought Rocky, this was, this was his, this was his sleeper last year. And of course, you know, the, the cigar, it was a winter collection last year with me. Um, so it would also kind of slept with me because I got to it later. And really once I got through the year at winter collection, now I kind of went to this and I love this cigar. This is a, and I love all the sizes in this cigar too. There's not a bad size in this. So I went with the Toro, but it was the one I smoked the most. Yeah. Box or box words. Yeah. Probably something I buy a box. Today. So my number 10 cigar, there was only one Vitola available. My number nine and number eight, there were multiple Vitolas available. Uh, number seven is a cigar that came in just one Vitola. And we talked a little bit about its, I guess, its sibling a minute ago and saying what a monster it is for Steve Sacco, and that's the Sober Mesa Brulee. Uh, the Dumbbatten Tobacco and Trust Brulee Blue was my number seven cigar of the year. Um, this is a cigar that I've just uh, in, enjoy more and more every time I've smoked it. Um it was a sleeper for me. Um, I really, I enjoyed it at the gate. Um, didn't quite get it at first in terms of like, okay, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, here's this variation variation of brulee. What's it supposed to taste like? What's it supposed to be? And I think it's a cigar that if you had a similar reaction to uh, when you first smoke it, you have to keep going back to it. And I did. And I'm glad I did. Uh, Cause it was a cigar I just really, really enjoyed. Um, and so I kept going back to it. And it, this was also one that uh, was kind of a late surger into the top 10 as well. Uh, if you had talked to me back at trade show time, it uh, wasn't in the top 10 of my cigars last year. Um, but it's, uh, it made a nice little surge there at the end and lands at number seven uh, for my top 10. Oh, this landed in the middle of my list last year. I think it was like 14 or 15 it landed. Uh, solid cigar. 
Uh, I liked it better than the. Uh, I tend to like Steve's offshoot blends better than his core lines in most cases. Uh, probably Tricky Traka is the one exception with this. Um, I thought, you know, Steve always talked about this Sober Mesa Brulee being not your father's Connecticut. But I did find with this cigar, it had a little more robustness to it. A little mm-hmm. more strength than the, uh, it was 13 on my list last year. It had a little more, um, a little more, not a, not a strong cigar, still a mild cigar by any means. Um, I heard someone compare this to Chateau Real. This line. And it's I not a terrible comparison. It's not it terrible has compar- a- I want to say it was Dave who said it too on Cigar Dart. And when he and I when he said it, I'm like, he's freaking right. I think I'm not saying it's the same blend, and I'm not saying it's the same blend, but it's it's in that style. Chateau Real is a really underrated Drew Estate cigar. That's I I like that cigar a lot. Yeah, I can't believe they discontinued it. Uh, I found the Chateau yeah, Real to be a lot more creamy. Oh well, yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. But I I still think the cigar is incredible. Uh, I, I, I do like it more. I do like it better than the regular Blue Lay. I do too. Yep. Lonsdale, um, nice, nice size. Lonsdale, I think it's great. I mean, I, I'd like to see him maybe try a couple other sizes with this, but uh, it's actually more of a Corona Gorder than a Lonsdale. Yeah. It's a six and a quarter by 46. Great. Like I said, it's a sweet spot size too. But yeah. With the baby blue blend, I, I kind of like that. So even though the number 10 cigar was a larger gauge, I have so far I've smoked smaller, selected smaller gar- cigars, either small in gauge or small in size. Uh, number six was the exception to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's a blend that I've uh, absolutely adored for years. And when they, this company went back into the drawing board and rebranded, uh, it was a cigar I was very much looking forward to, to come back to the marketplace. And it did and came back and, it was just as good as I remember, which was fantastic. And then last, uh, in 2021, they released a line extension to it. And that's uh, the Crux Bull and Bear uh, brand uh, and line. And they launched a, a line extension, the Double Corona. So this is a larger cigar, uh, larger in length and size. Uh, right? Really, really beautiful compliment to the Bull and Bear uh, line. I am a big fan of the Marblehead. Uh, that 60 gauge. I know you you love that about me, Coop, that I enjoy it. Uh, this cigar just hit for me. Uh, it was a cigar that I really enjoyed smoking quite a bit of um, over the, over, uh, over the last year or so. Um, and I think it, uh, I think it's just a, a, a tremendous, you know, expression in this particular blend, really nice, cool smoke. Love the Hilapa wrapper, beautiful sweetness. Just the right amount of spice, excellent balance, some really nice vanilla bean that kind of coats your palate a little bit as you smoke through it, uh, and uh, some nice cashew notes towards the back end. Uh, really enjoyed it. So that uh, is my number six. This cigar, uh, I know we're going to get to diff- uh, we're going to get to s- some choices here in a second, but you you're a big Crux fan. You've said it on the show. You're a big yeah. Crux fan. You gravitate a lot to their cigars. When you're just smoking to smoke cigars and to enjoy, you like you gravitate. There's a lot of brands you gravitate toward, but Crux is one of them. But this this particular line extension just didn't hit for you, right? No, it didn't hit. This is the one pick I said maybe I didn't like, but it got an 89, right? So it's it just fell a little short as far as a top 10 cigar for me goes. It's not that's a bad cigar. Um, I've liked other expressions of the double of the bull and bear line better than this one. Um, but this is not, you know, so this is the one I would say maybe 
I, I could have probably lived without because I, I, there's better sizes, but it's not a dud. That's why I said there's no duds. It's just I probably wouldn't reach for the 7 by 54 I'd probably reach for some of those other sizes uh, in, in the line before this one. But not a bad – I think uh, not a bad cigar by any means. I, I too, like um, that that Gordo marble head a lot and the Toro. So The Robusto's hits too, man. That's – yeah, yeah. The, I've probably smoked. I like the Rebusa has that 55 ring gauge. Which I love that. That 55 ring gauge is better than a 54. It's better than a 56. It, I love that. It's the Avalelli 10 size, I call it. Um, but like I said, um, Crux did need something like this, I think, in the portfolio. I think it will satisfy people. Um, you know, Crux, like I said, I do reach for a lot of Crux. I tend to smoke a lot of Crux, and maybe that's part of it. Like, I just won't reach for this one as much because I smoke a lot of the other stuff. But, but like I said, it's not a, a dog. Like it wasn't. I, I I disagreed much more with Kintsugi than this one is what I'll say. <laughs> well, the Kintsugi is higher, so you you have to you 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 already like my top ten so far better than last year. <laughs> I, oh, this was a really good top. I mean, you did you did a really good top ten this year. It was it was solid. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm just seeing like Crux. Crux is, you know, their their 10-year anniversary is coming up next year. It's hard to believe that. Unbelievable. Uh, Great job that the Hogan's have done, man. Good stuff. Really good. You know, I didn't get to go to Jeff's store when I was in Minnesota. Uh, You know, again, we were working through Dave's schedule, but uh, I am planning another Minnesota trip at some point, and I'm going to go to that store. So, uh, but I usually go see Casey down in Florida when he's there, so. Um, so Casey called me. uh, Casey called me from... An airport from he was been doing a lot of traveling already to kick off the year and he was in between gigs and he was at the airport when he called me uh to to thank me and uh congratulate me on my top 10 and uh um and uh yeah he he kind of agreed to some of those sentiments how like it it, it hit a place in the it hit a place in the market uh that really that really hit well and stuff and uh it's just a i i think he was i think he was really really pleased with the way that it came out too. I know uh, Jeff obviously was a fan of it. Um, but I think, I think Casey, who he doesn't like big cigars either. I think he really enjoyed it as well. And I know, Sam, I know Sam really likes it too. Uh, the rep down here in Texas. Yeah. And, you know, I look at the box and they put these flavor notes on them. Smoky and sweet is a perfect description of this line, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple, you want to say what, what if you ask it what bull and bear is smoky and sweet, you know, bull and bear has been a very, I'll say this. I've had the Bull and Bear in the Nympha size. They did a limited release for Smoke, Oklahoma. I got my hands on that. No, for I'm sorry, for Jorge, they did that for. And I got my hands on that that Bull and Bear in the Nympha. It was really good in the Nympha. Like, you wouldn't think of – because this Bull and Bear was meant to be a big, big size. Um, is there any truth to we're going to get royalties for this, for the Coop team, Bull and Bear? I mean – we, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was, so this is one of those. So initially when Crux came out and, you know, this was one of the lines that I saw the name of, you know, like instantly I had this draw to it, right? you like, I have to like this cigar, right? It's called the bull and bear. Oh my gosh. You know, so I had, I was trying to really subdue expectations because, you know, like what happens when you overhype a cigar and everything. And I remember smoking the Robusto for the first time. And I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And uh, I was not disappointed with this blend at all. And I, and when they did this line extension of it, I was just, I was really yeah. pleased. I think it came out well. So. No, that's good. I mean, Bone Bear is a solid line. I'd probably go for the other sizes, but 
again, um, a lot of people did like this size too, is what I'm going to say. Much, much like Kintsugi. A lot of people like Kintsugi. So, um, yeah, but, but did, I, what, I forget, what did George say about this one? Did he smoke this one? Um, so it, this was the, it. oh, this was the only cigar that he didn't smoke, um, uh, prior to, or during the show. Um, he smoked it afterwards and he said he really enjoyed because he really thought the blend was very interesting. Yep. He thought the tobacco was really good. Yep. Um, he was, it's an, you know, it's a, it's a Puro, right? So, um, it kind of gave him a certain impression that he, he felt like, I don't want to mischaracterize his words. You know, you told me offline, but it was basically like he, it, it, it hit expectation, but it also delivered something unique and new that he wasn't expecting either, which was, yeah. you know, which is what I, I yeah. think is a very apt description of bull and bear. Yeah. Agree. Agree with him on that. I mean, it, like I said, just um, his palates, no one's going to question his palate. So, Coop, what about your eight, seven, and six? Yeah, so eight, seven, and six is going to, and actually, yeah, eight, seven, and six, kind of, and five, kind of have this pattern that happened, right? Which was not done on purpose. It's just how the, how the, how the marbles landed with the points. Um, so, number eight, and this is a company I think has had a banner year and a factory that's had a banner year. Um, it was the Oktoberfest 10th anniversary. Bavarian. Um, so you know, Oktoberfest has been around for a while. Um, they put the San Andreas wrapper on the Oktoberfest for the 10th anniversary. The 2022 edition was a very similar blend they had as well. And you know, I know when Ben and I did a Casada Corner, we fell in love with this cigar. I thought this was the best Oktoberfest that's been released oh, uh, wow. to date. I think the San Andreas wrapper worked beautiful with this cigar. Um, it's you know this is this is what I would say is you know this is what one of those that borderline I would say this is limited edition it's not borderline it, because they tend to make it and then they just they don't make it for another year and sometimes they change the blend up from time to time uh, but I, I enjoyed this cigar a lot um, Bavarians that that kind of short Toro robusto extra size to me and. Uh, like I said, this one really hit. This like that was the best Oktoberfest to date. That's saying something because I know you're high on the line. How, did you try it with beer, by chance? Yeah, in fact, Ben and I did a show when we did the Casada Corner. We did pair it with beer. Uh, I paired it with more of a, like an oatmeal type stout, which worked really well with it. Ooh, I bet that would taste really yeah, well. Yeah, especially yeah. with that that uh, spiciness of the San Andreas. Yeah. Yep. Uh, exactly. Um, Complimented her. Now, when I reviewed it, I didn't review it with a with a beer or anything like that. But uh, so the cigar smokes great on its own. I mean, so do you I think it help? Do you help hurt or just compliment it? Compliments it. Okay, so it won't hurt it. For me, the cigar is equally as enjoyable uh, with a solo, but certainly uh, with with the stout, it was you know it it complements it. It gave you a different dimension with it. Okay. So yeah, Ben and I. Uh, this was a company that performed extremely well in your top thirty this year. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, this factory scored really well this year on Coop. Oh, uh, this factory scored over ninety points. They had a big year uh, last year, and actually, really the last two years they've had a big year. Uh, I was really surprised that this cigar scored higher than one of the other Quesadas for you. 
It's a, that's this is one that moved up. Yep. I know which one you're talking about, and it was the one at 12, the Churchill, the League F Churchill. Yeah, the League F. I thought yeah, that was going to be. Yeah, I I missed this was this was one of my misses in your top tens. Yeah, this is I had this one. Yeah, I had this one in the teens, and I had the League F uh, about the number nine, number eight spot. So yeah, this I was right of the, the company. I missed the scar. Yeah, this is the one where it moved up and kind of passed soccer with this one, is what happened. So, well. Uh, I did tremendous line. I mean, uh, look, the Oktoberfest, they want they release once a year. Um, the 2022 uh, smokes very similar to this, too. So uh, it's using the Mexican rapper. It's great. It's a great line. Hit me with that number seven, Coop. All right. So number seven, uh, This is a this is a cigar... I think every size has landed on the countdown except for one. Um, but it's a another staple of the uh, coop countdown, and it tends to come in right at this spot every year. Uh, <laughs> seven. Uh, it's the six hundred one warhead uh, seven, the Labomba warhead seven. You tried to you tried to put me off the scent, coop. You you totally did a little little deke, you know, triple deke on me when I was like. When I was like, oh, Warhead 7 is going to pop in the top. And you're like, oh, I don't know this year. It's going to you know, it's going to be, you know, top 30. It's just it didn't perform as well. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nope, nope. I had this in the top 10. I still think the Lancero is the best size of this. Uh, the three. I think the three Hector absolutely knocked it out. Of, but me saying that uh, this is a really, really good cigar. You know, of all the Warheads, Warhead 6, I thought was the strongest. And I thought Warhead 7 was the mildest. Not a mild cigar. It's still got plenty of firepower, right? But yeah. it's kind of interesting. They have shifted now. They have shifted this to the Nicaraguan broadleaf wrapper. So the older ones had Connecticut ones, but starting I think with six, they moved to the Nicaraguan broadleaf. So they do have a different taste profile to it. But I think they've really, I think Hector really worked with this blend to kind of keep it in the spirit of the warhead. And this size is a seven by fifty, so it's a, I called it a Churchill plus. Not a true Churchill, but it will, but because it's pressed, it looks like a Churchill. Um, lo love this cigar. Um, I wish Warheads were regular production, but Espinosa's got this. This series is every year; it's good. Every year, I don't know why the four the four was the one that missed. I don't know how it missed it, but it did. Um, but still, six of the seven sizes have made it. Um, and this one coming in at seven, uh, uh, and I, I, the eight is already come out. That's the, um, the eight is the, uh, Gordo. Yeah. So, so I haven't, I haven't smoked the Gordo yet. Neither have I. I have it. It's coming up for review. I agree with you that this is the, this is the, this is the lightest, most mild, uh, warhead that I've smoked. Now I haven't smoked all of them. Um, but it's the lightest of the ones that I've smoked. Uh, again, not a light cigar, but lightest no. of the ones. Yeah, and by the way, for ten dollars, it's a great value. It's a ten dollar yeah. ten dollar price point. It's a it's a solid limited edition that every year consistently performs. Um, you you know the only way you can go wrong with this cigar is if you're not a mild smoker. If you're a mild smoker, this is not a cigar for you. I think that's the thing about Espinosa, like with the exception of like the Las Provincias line, which is a little bit more uh, ultra premium. Yeah. Like they really, and I know they just announced price increases, but 
for one, it's not much. And two, I think that it's the first time in a while that they've announced one. Yeah. Uh, and, but their cigars are, are incredibly, an incredible buy, incredibly affordable. Uh, and they, you know, Hector's blending style and Eric's influence, they just, it, it just, they hit my palate. They really yep. do. Yep. Uh, yep. No, I agree. Yeah, so what about your number six? My number six. Uh, so kind of again, you can see a little pattern here. Um, number six is, and this may have surprised a lot of people, um, is the Casada 1974 Toro. What I'll say is, I've had an interesting run with the 1974 line. Um, it came out in 2019. It took me a little while to warm up for it. Last year, the Robusto made the top 30, but it was much further down on the list. Um, this one, the Toro, when Ben and I smoked this, we said this is the bell of the ball. This was the best size of it. This, this is why I think Vitolas are so important on a list, um, to have a Vitola-specific list, because I can come out yeah. and say, you know what? The Casada 1944 is a line I really like, but this, but this Toro size, this is a top 10 cigar you're going to get with it. Uh, again, a very, very uh, reasonable price point with this cigar. Um, it's coming in at, um, let me see, it came in at $9.25. Uh, it fell, it did fall down a little in, in, in the resmoking time, uh, but this cigar got a, got a pretty high score. It got a 92 when, when it came out. So, uh, you know, it definitely was high. Ben and I was, were, you know, this, again, overshadowed cigars. This cigar was much more overshadowed by the Casa Magna Liga F and the seventy um, fifth. And the, well, the seventy fifth came out the year after, right? Uh, it was it was that. I'm just talking about in recent releases. And like in recent releases, yeah. It, it, this one's, but it's a great core line. Um, and what I like about this blend is this was originally created, I think, more for the European smoker in mind, mm-hmm. but it, it really does appeal. Um, this is a cigar you really want to pay some attention to, and I would say uh, you'll really appreciate this cigar if you smoke it a little more undistracted, um, because it does have a lot to offer with this. Well, Coop, I think this is this is a good time to kind of re- reintroduce why we we are why we're Vitola specific on our top tens yeah. and top thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your case, is like Jay's had a really, you know, Jay's had you know some fun in the chat tonight talking about how he thinks this particular Vitola is good and but that one's better, et cetera. Right. Right. And I think there's a lot of folks who are following along the show that are probably doing the same thing. They're like, no, I didn't really like that one. I really liked it in this size. And that's, that creates the discussion that we're talking about because for instance, say for example, you just said number six, the case out of 1974 without the qualifier of it's the Toro. Right. Then, you know, then it opens up the discussion of like, Oh, I didn't really like the 74. Well, did you try the Toro? Well, no. Well then, no, I really like the Toro. The Toro, you need to smoke the Toro. Well, we're telling you, you need to smoke the Toro um, here. And so it kind of avoids that that ambiguity. And, and, and like, I'm not saying any fault to people who don't do it this way. Uh, it creates dialogue one way or another. But the reason why we're very specific on it is it's like, this is the cigar that specifically hit us. You know, like, um, you know, again, to Jay's point, when I named the Disciple Robusto, he preferred the Bala, like you. You guys were both in that camp, right? Sure. Um, and I like the ball a lot. Um, I just like the Robusto more. Again, here's the other problem I have. 
and I and there was a time I didn't do Vitolas, and I was talked into it by I think it was actually Paul Sidorian kind of talked to me about it. if you give the line and there's a dud in that line, right? And you put that line in your top ten. Shame on you. And I also see a lot of people who put the line in as opposed to the Vitola who have not smoked all the Vitolas. And that was also a crazy thing. As I was at, when I did, I used to try to smoke through all the Vitolas, which was it's you just can't do it. So, in my opinion, a Vitola is you know what? This is a cigar I'm going to put on the table and say this is one of my top ten cigars. If you pick up that cigar, you know I don't have to say to you uh, don't pick up this other size. You know, so I I think Vitola is a much. I would love to see every media site go to Vitola. I really would, because everyone's got to have a favorite Vitola or one that really clicked. You know, and and then it takes out the right. problem of you know you have that dud cigar. You know, you know it's not on the list. Well, my number two cigar of the year last year, the Diesel Esther Esteliro. Oh, that's a great example. So yeah, so I had the Toro, okay, and you're so, like, because you're like when you when I picked it, you're like, oh god, and I was like, maybe try the Toro. And then he, and sent I, his, he sends me the Toro. I'm like, wow, this is fancy. Because I think you sent it to me when we did the recap show mm-hmm. this last year, and I'm like, Bear, I totally get why this was a top three. So this. And I, and I had and I should have known that because Whiskey Row, I remember they sent us the Robustos and I thought it was okay. And then I had the Churchill and I was it's like the Churchill, yeah. Wow. I mean that's I mean and thing is I think people might have wrote off Risky Whiskey Row because they just had a bad experience with the Robusto. And here we come in with the Toro. I mean it's, it's, they come in with the Churchill and it just wows you. So and that's our certainly was uh yeah, like I said I think the same thing with the Esteli Puro, uh, which was on your number two. That Toro size was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Justin, we could just blame Justin. Should have sent out the Toro. gave you the Robustos, man. You cost yourself a spot on my list, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, fantastic. So, um. We still have five cigars left to go in our lists here, Coop. Um, I say we uh, do one of the other segments. Uh, We do a recap on where we are in the cigar, and then we go on with our top 10. How do you think? Yeah, perfect. So you want to do the – we'll get into – you want to do first we'll do – you want to recap or you want to do the segment? Let's do the segment. Let's check it out. So, all right. It is time. It is that time of the show for Presidential Trivia. Where we try to stump Bear, and boy, do I have a tough one for him this week. Okay, so much so that I'm actually going to offer him a hint with this one because I got to try to stump him. And it's brought to you by Tabacalera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tabacalera USA, great things are happening. I just read the wrong segment. <laughs> I read Tobacco USA, didn't I? You did. Oh, I was, okay. They got Great things are one. happening here. Yeah, but that was messing up live. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll, so, we'll shake okay, it up. No. We'll do it live. So, Raphael, you just got another plug. It. No, it's brought to you by United Cigars. Uh, yes. Featuring Thank Lardiana. you, Oliver. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's Thank you, you Oliver. United Don't cigars. kill me. Don't kill me, Oliver. Uh, <laughs> brought to you by United Cigars, featuring Lardiana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabe and Byron, and now the highly acclaimed Alfonso. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. And by the way, another company, thank you know, all of our sponsors have been great. And I want to also thank United. They've been their support's been tremendous of us over the past few years as well. And they sponsor this presidential trivia segment. And you know, we do this segment uh on on this show, and Bear does it on his show. Uh Bear does it with the guests. I do it to try to stump Bear. 
because he is a presidential trivia expert. Okay. And um, he is, we've done 13 of these and bear has gotten 11 of the two, 11 of 13, right? Two wrong. He'll fight me on both of those. So I want to definitely, sure- I'll fight you on the Christmas tree. Cause I think it's semantics. The other one, I, the, the other one I really miss, I've come right. to grips with that. I've come to, uh, I, I've made a piece about the Warren G Harding one. It's fine. Uh, we'll get you. Okay. It's fine. So here's how we're going to, what I want to say is this is a very hard question. I'm throwing at bear tonight. Okay. So I want to make sure before we answer the question that you are crystal clear. Okay. On, 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 on what, what I'm asking here. And that's important. Okay. okay. So, and if you need the hint, I'll give you the hint. Okay. There is a hint I'll give you. So, okay. You know, what we look at is one thing that uh, is, I think, really interesting about presidents is where they're born, what state they're born in, right? And I looked at the time zones in the U.S., okay? And the trivia question tonight for Bear is I want him to name all the presidents that were born in a state that hails from the mountain time zone. Now, the mountain time zone is a little tricky in that certain states have a partial mountain time zone. So for example, like South Dakota has it, right? So if it's a partial, if it's a partial mountain time zone, it counts as mountain time zone. They don't no have presidents to be- have born, been born in South Dakota, spoiler alert. I know, that's why. I gave you that way. So the idea is you don't have to get the city. The city doesn't have to be in the mountain time zone, but the state has to be a mountain time zone state. So I want to know, I want you to name me all the presidents who were born in a state that is in the mountain time zone. Where did now, you before, come up with this one? Oh, I came up with this one all by myself. <laughs> so there is a hint if you need a hint. And I'll give you the hint. And okay. if, the hint is, I'll give okay. you the total number of presidents that hailed from that zone. I'll give you the total number that you have to guess. So if okay. you need the hint, I'll give it to you. If you don't want the hint, you don't have to have it. Okay. I know two. The question is, is the total three or four? It's three. Okay. Okay. The third one, I think, the, is the trickiest of the three. God, the third one's still fucking hard. Okay, the, the, the one and two are easy. They both, they're both, I grew up in El Paso, guys. I grew up in El Paso, Texas. Uh, the most of the state where I live now in the DFW area is in the central time zone. El Paso, Texas is in the mountain time zone. So Texas is one of those states that travel, yep. that straddles yep. the mountain zone. Yep. Two U.S. presidents have, born in the story, the, have been born in the state of Texas. One is not George W. Bush. He's born in Connecticut. Um, Correct. It's not George the, W. Uh, the two presidents that were born um, in the state of Texas were uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, mm-hmm. born in Denison, Texas. That's one. And in Stonewall, tiny Stonewall, Texas, was a man known by his initials. No, not FDR, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson. That's two. So that's two. Those are the easy ones because they're those both from the, Texas. Those, that are was the, easy. those are the easy ones. Yep. Okay. So this is actually not that hard of a question, really. It's because you think about all the presidents who were born on the East Coast. Virginia has eight presidents, right? Yep, they, they're Virginia, the max. Yeah, Virginia has eight presidents. Ohio's next. They're in the Eastern Time Zone. They're like seven. Uh-huh. Um, Pennsylvania has like three, including the current president uh, Biden, who was born in Scranton. Um, New York has five, including the last president before Biden, which was Trump. He was born in New York, New York. Um. Hawaii has one. They are not their their Hawaiian time zone. Nixon was born in California. That's Pacific time zone. 
See, then you got to start shrinking the country, right? No yeah, one was way, born York, in South Dakota. Had, by the way, New York had seven, just so you know. Seven? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, who are the seven? Oh, no, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm wrong on that. That's incorrect. No, okay. I'm incorrect. I'm the incorrect. two Roosevelt's. No, I was looking at the okay. wrong list. I was looking at the wrong okay. list. So, apologies. Um, New York did have five. You are correct. Massachusetts has a few. The Adams, the Adams family, uh-huh. Kennedy, and they have like one more. Uh huh. Georgia's Jimmy Carter. That's East Coast still. Yeah. I gotta shrink the country here. Okay. Well, the other Massachusetts was Kennedy and Bush. Yeah, the yeah. the first Bush. The first Bush was born. Yeah, yeah, senior. Uh okay. Truman was born in Missouri. Truman was born in Missouri, Lamar. Which is a central time zone state. Okay. Because you have to get to the 20th century before you even get to someone born outside of the Eastern time zone. Yes, they were all 20th century presidents. I'm going to give you that hint, too. So we got LBJ. We got Ike. KFTR was New York. Yep. High Truman was Missouri. Eisenhower was Texas. Kennedy was Massachusetts. Johnson was Texas. Nixon was California. Carter was... George's Ford. Ford. Ford was born in Nebraska. Nebraska. Ford. It's Ford. You got it. That's three. You got it. You got it. So that's why I had to make that. That's why I had to say what I said. All three states. What I was. But he wasn't born in the mountain time zone, right? He was like Omaha is like in the eastern time zone or central central time zone. Yeah, but I I thought it was an amazing statistic that there was no president that came out of the mountain time zone purely. I that's why I was looking at this, and if you look at this is only a couple there's only two that came out of the pacific yeah which is reagan which is reagan and uh nixon because obama was the hawaiian time zone yeah so i thought that was a fascinating stat that there's really not no mountain there's no mountain state president that we have like pure these did have mountain time zones in it though yeah clinton was born in arkansas which is central yeah okay shit yep good question damn that was process of elimination, though. I knew the two Texas ones right off the get. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you started going down the line, uh, and that was the, the, the. I knew that the stumper was going to be Ford on this one. I knew you'd get the other two. Like, well, I think I think if if I'd been anybody else, Texas might have been a confusing one. Yeah. Because I mean, El Paso is literally like the only city in the mountain time zone. But again, I count. But I counted it. I had. Yeah, of I, had, I, I couldn't like unilateral like. I couldn't arbitrarily make the rule. It's it's there is. And by the way, there's a million, there's over a million people in that time zone. So it's more than most states in that time zone. You know, it's a small, you've told me it's a very big metropolitan area. Yeah, no, it's, it's the biggest small town in America. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, but yeah, it's amazing. You know, um, we haven't seen that, you know, I mean, we'd have to get a president from Colorado, Utah, um, New Mexico, Maybe Montana, uh, Wyoming. So, um, I mean, we, I mean, we've come close. I mean, Texas, I mean, Rick Perry ran from Texas. Yep. Uh, you know, Bill Richardson was a candidate for a while out of New Mexico. 
you know, yeah, Romney wasn't Romney was an East Coast guy, right? Before he went to Utah. Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Romney was an East Coast. And guy. He, he ran. He ran as the former governor of Massachusetts, not yeah. as. Yeah, exactly. But he was born, I believe. Was he born in Utah? I think he was born I in don't, Utah. I no, don't. no, that's not right. That's not right. I can't remember where he was born. Yeah, I don't think he was. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, we haven't just seen a uh, McGovern was South Dakota. Yeah. McGovern was South. I mean, Cheney was a VP out of Wyoming. So. Right. But I thought it was a very. That was a good question, man. Damn. Because the Ford one is tricky because everyone thinks of Ford as Michigan. That's what's tri- that was the tricky one about that. It's all really. Oh, I think I think you know Bear again for the average person like me on this. I I would have just assumed it was Michigan. I would not. I did not know it was Omaha until I kind of started coming up with this. I came up with this question, and I'm like, damn, there's no. At first I saw none, and then I said, all right, I'll count it for the divided and see if he can get that. That's why I wanted to be really clear that hey, the divided states, I'll count them here. But I think all three were not born in the mountain time zone, technically from first city. That's why I said the state I'll count. I mean, as it stands in January of 2023, I mean, more than, you know, it's it's a good chance that the GOP candidate for president will still be East Coast, right? You know, Trump's looking to for re-election, but Ron DeSantis is proven as a as a front runner, early front runner. Assume that, yeah. Assuming so. So another again, another East Coast. And Biden's, you know, allegedly going to yeah. run again. So that still keeps it on the East Coast again. So it oh. sounds we might go another presidency with another East Coast potential. I mean, who knows what the next few months will entail with the GOP um, uh, Kamala nomination was born process. In, Kamala was born in California, Oakland. Yeah, Pacific time. Yep. So now I said we haven't we've only seen three in the Pacific and, and Hawaiian. So there's not a lot. This is all east and central. It's a very big skew to that. And east of the Mississippi, too. So Jay likes to bring up the interesting piece of trivia that how does Ford count? He was never elected. That's a good point. But he was president of the United States. Yeah, we didn't say elected. We said he was president. Yeah. Wow. What an ultimate trick question that would have been. Like elected U.S. president, first place, Mountain well, Thompson. Yeah, unless I say specifically elected president, like Ford counts as a president in all these questions. Yeah, we've had 46 yeah. presidents. That was, like I said, that third one was a tough one. I would not have gotten, oh, that was a good, that was a good job because that was a tough one. Had, had I been anybody else, I think it would have been a little bit harder. The tech, yeah. well, the getting two out of the three. Yeah. It, it, that was tough. I mean, the Texas ones I knew you were going to get. Like, even if you hadn't given me the hint, even if you hadn't given me the hint, uh, by the time we got down to it, I would have figured it out. Yeah, yeah. But I had to say the split states counted. There was no, because that would have really thrown you off if I did. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus. That would have been, because the answer could like, the answer, oh, the answer zero. <laughs> the answer zero. Yeah, the answer would be zero on that one. Wow, crazy. Good crazy. question. Yep. Uh, you know what's, you know, what's interesting about like, uh, like some of the states, the big states and stuff like, well, so uh, Virginia, you know, had all this presidents in the early, you know, the very beginning, you know, Madison, Monroe, Washington, Jefferson, right. Um, you know, in the early part of America's history. And then they didn't have, you know, the last U.S. president uh, as Wilson, who was born in Virginia too. 
but a lot of people associate yeah. him with the Northeast, which yep. isn't accurate either, the, the, according to birthplace. Yeah. All right, I'll throw a little bonus question at you. Okay, I think you'll get this one right. Oh, Jesus. So, okay. A presidents with a, their, their affiliation, like what state they were affiliated with, taking the Texas presidents aside, was there another president affiliated with a mountain time zone state? And you can't count the split states. Robert Dole ran from Kansas. Robert Dole ran from Kansas. But he wasn't a president. Uh, shit. You're thinking in the right area. Well, Ike was born in was born in Denison, but like, didn't he live a lot of time in his time in Abilene, Kansas? Isn't that yes. right? Yep, Kansas. Okay. It was Ike. It was Ike. Okay. Yeah, and Kansas is really tricky. There's only four counties that are in the mountain time zone, and they're way they're on the western border. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, wow. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Man. There you go. That was bear. There he goes to twelve and two. Uh, and I say this was one of the tougher ones, even with the hints. So, um, that was. Okay, is that what you have to go by? Like facts? Like 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 the others? Like the other ones? The questions that we picked? Like like. I mean, not that birth state isn't historically significant, but like we've gone like if we've gone after like like historical trivial events, you know. Yeah, this was a little Which, different. So this was a little different. Yeah, this but, was a little different. I mean, because funny thing is, again, Obama. If we said, well, where did he? Who's affiliated with? It's it's Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. So it gets a little yeah again. Well, gets, Lincoln was born in Kentucky. He's associated yeah, with Illinois. Yeah, yep. You know, uh, Biden ran Delaware. But he was yep. born in Scranton, PA. Uh, so. Again, H W uh, and W were Massachusetts, uh, were Massachusetts and Connecticut. Connecticut and W is a tech, you know, Texan. You know, he'll tell he'll tell you he's Texan. Oh, I'm sorry, he was Texan. You're right, I meant yeah, yeah. W will tell you he's Texan. So but they were born in those states. Is what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, now there was a third pre Like, if you go to Pacific Times, well, Herbert Hoover actually came from California. People forget. He was affiliated with California. He was he wasn't born there, but he was affiliated when he he came out of California. Right. Yep. So crazy. Ohio's the crazy one, right? Ohio's the crazy state with seven fucking presidents. Like that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Ohio. You know, like they have Garfields. And uh, Virginia and Virginia. Virginia. Well, Virginia's a Virginia's the top. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Like, um, um. Who's the other? So Tyler, Taylor, and Harrison were also Virginia. Harrison's Harrison's grandson, Benjamin Harrison, was born in Ohio, though. Yes. So there was a so Grant Hayes, Garfield, Harrison. Those are four of the five were born or were born in Ohio. Born in Ohio. Yeah. Who's the only president born in Vermont? Oh fuck! I know this. Oh shit! I could have saved that for another question, <laughs> but we're on the top. Oh, I know this. Oh god, I know this. Oh, oh, damn it! Oh, no, yeah, it's a. 
Actually, there's two. I'm sorry. There's two that come from Vermont. I There's two that come from Vermont. I was wrong on that one. Chester Arthur is one of them, but he's associated with New York. Like right, we were talking Chester about association. Yeah, Chester, Chester. yeah, because he was born he was born in Canada, remember? Well, that's, that's the argument. Yeah, people say yeah. That he was born in Canada. Yeah. Uh so he was he wasn't born in the United States. Uh so yeah, so Arthur's one of them. And then it's the other one's uh uh Calvin Coolidge. Yep, yep. Yep. Silent Cal. Yep, good old Cal. Uh it's a couple of uh no, ma- no Maine, no known from my father's home state. Known from Maine. Um, we've had two from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were, uh, they were. Um, I mean, one the first, actually, the first president to ever be impeached, man. Yep, uh, Andrew, Andrew Johnson, man. Yep, and uh, Polk. We have Polkville, North Carolina. James K. Polk, yeah. Yep. Yep. James Hill, Knox Polk. Yep, James Knox Polk from North Carolina. Yep, uh, I, sh- I always said that he should have gone by his full name. It's such a cool name. James is. K. Polk just doesn't have it. Doesn't have the same JKP. Like, JKP. Yeah, it doesn't have the tenacity like yeah. you know James Knox Polk. Which yeah. is- I always thought Obama should have used BHO. I kind of thought that was a cool. Yeah. Well, cool. I think I think they wanted to keep the Hussein out of it for I political that, reasons. I did too. As much uh, as as much yeah. as possible. Yep. I mean, they were already battling with his last name. Yeah. Obama rhyming with our arch enemy. Yep. And Osama. So. Yeah, it was a, already. Yeah, it was fortunately that was held against him. It's not really. It's know, not prevalent. Yeah. But, but, but you know, for people, but it's all per, it's all perception, man. It's all people what people see and what they think. And. Here's what I find amazing. I have like you know my my boys and my daughter. You know they're all twenty and they're in the, my daughter's thirty. They they only know. George H.W. Bush is George H.W. Bush. But when he was president, he was never called H.W. Bush. He was no, called George, George Bush. He was just George Bush. Yeah. It, the H.W. Bush didn't come until his son got in there. And that's what they, they you decided. Had to, you had to, yeah, you had to qualify. Instead of calling himself George Bush Sr., he or George Bush Jr., they went with the H.W. and the W. So I thought that Well, was, he's not a junior. That's that's an important – that's an important – That's – well, well, George H – yeah. They never re- George was never referred to as junior. Like he, was he never, never to as, yeah, he was never yeah, referred so, to as junior. W wasn't never referred to as junior. Yeah, so that's 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 an important just yeah. you know, that's an important point. Yeah, yeah. Um what I think is also interesting too is that um like we we're talking about perception and everything, like so you know I, I first of all I would love to argue with anyone who thinks otherwise, but like FDR is lauded as one of the greatest presidents to ever be president of the united states right you know got us through world war ii got us through the great depression four terms elected to four terms rather yeah um only president to to serve three terms consecutively or three terms total um he you know but again it's all perception right so like if fdr is running today you know despite the success of of greg abbott politically speaking you know being the governor of texas like this this country is not electing a person in a wheelchair. I mean, that's just, that's sad. I'm not, no, I know it's a terrible saying, thing yeah. to say, but, but it's true. Like this, people aren't going to do it, you know, especially with considering like his other ailment, like him being wheelchair bound had was, was just a tip of the iceberg in terms of his ailments, you know, yeah. uh, Roosevelt. So like, I mean, this country's just not doing it. The, I mean, the press would have had a field day with that. Yeah. And, and, 
seeing that on television, it just wouldn't have sat well. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, they say like Nixon lost that election when in the debate of Kennedy, because they, he just saw, he just seemed like this old sweaty man compared to this young, vibrant, gorgeous looking Jack Kennedy, you know? Yep. Yep. It's, it's all perception. Yep. I agree. Great question. Damn. Good shit. Right. Yeah, that was, that was our presidential trivia segment brought to you by United Cigars. So um, we are back. I guess we're going to turn back. I'm a, I'm still about halfway. I'm going a little slower probably than you. I haven't yeah. pulled my bands off yet. I pulled my secondary band off. I'm getting I'm at the halfway point. Real night. The creaminess that we talked about has come in. Really, really, yep. really yep. silky smoke. The strength has died down considerably, but it's still there. Uh, slightly, yeah. I said it wasn't considerable for me, but slightly. The spice has come up a bit on this cigar too. Even spicy, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. catch on the retro hell. Uh, oh, it's just. Uh, uh, you know what I'm getting on the retro hell? Red hots. Red hot. Red. I'm getting a red. Red. Definitely some of red. Red peppery or the red hots are great now because you get that. You have a little bit of sweetness Cinnamon, still in man. there. Yeah. You have some of that licorice still in there. Yeah. That's just this cigar is so complex. It it it's you know maybe it would get a ninety three today ninety four maybe uh, like I said ninety four is almost impossible to get on coop these days but um and the back then we scored appearance in the score so I scored appearance in the score back then so uh but you know again this is a smoke take the smoke swirl it around your tongue you're just gonna hit all those receptors because you get a little that sweetness on the tip of the tongue too. When the smoke hits it. Yeah. Uh, some of the coffee notes have gotten a little more earthy. So I'm seeing some more earthy qualities in here. Uh, some of the, the hay notes are definitely still here as well. But yeah. the hay is not going to be at a point where it's going to overwhelm you. It's a complimentary note you're getting here. Well, burn drawer, excellent. Uh, I've done a few touch-ups, but it's not been an excessive amount of touch-ups. The drawer is fantastic. Uh, but like the body's here. And this bo- there's still some body on this cigar. Yeah, it's evened out for me though, so it's not like kicking. My, it was kicking my ass there. Yeah, in the second is, half of the first, the, like the first half of the second third, I was like, yeah. "Damn, I'm gonna need some sugar here in a minute." Yep. But no, it's 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 died down. Yep. Considerably so. Like I said, I think it'll round out a little bit in the six month mark. So, do you want to do five four three? Let's do five four three, then we'll do great things are happening here. Are you going to read Oliver's spot in that one too, just to make up for it? Or I'll read Oliver's spot too first uh, time, <laughs> to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I changed. Right, so, like that. Yeah, I changed a few orders of things. That's why it's a little screwy tonight. Yeah. I get ex- I get excited about the presidential question, man. I think it's fun. Um, I try to. Like I said uh, the stump you is tough, and these are I these are not softball questions I've thrown at anybody here. So. Uh, no mult. I don't get bear multiple choices either here. So I mean, the guests tend to get True. multiple choices, which you got to do with the guests. I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I've just thrown the kitchen sink at some of these questions. The J question with remember the J question was oh my god, I was crazy that one. The fourteen states. Jesus. Uh, John's was no picnic either. McTavish. No, that was a, that was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah. Um. Cool. Oh, so, Tom. We did uh, currency with Tom. We did currency with Tom. Yeah, but wasn't it? Who, but who's? I thought McTavish submitted it. No, I, I McTavish. Oh, did the Canadian, okay. He did the Canadian one. He did the. Canadian oh yes, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. He did the Canadian one. 
Cool. Gotcha. All right. So number five. So, uh, so to recap what I did on my show with George Brightman, I had George come on the show and what I did is I sent him my top 10 cigars, uh, unbanded. So he was actually smoking them blind. And I kind of joked with him. I, I kind of joked with him. I said, Hey, one of them is going to be pretty obvious. Um, Kind of like the way the chisels are obvious when you were smoking those uh, back in the day for your top for the top twenty five for cigar aficionado. And number five was uh, a cigar that I was pretty high on all year, um, and uh, that was the Cavalier Geneva uh, B two Jalapa Viso Robusto Gordo. Um, uh, um, George and I joked about it. He's like, he's like, bro, he's like throwing me off, man, by throwing the Cavalier uh, uh, gold gold uh, diamond on this. He's like, I don't know what it really is, and he was, of course, just kidding with me and everything. But uh, but he smoked it blind, regardless, uh, and uh, he enjoyed the cigar too. Um, you know, um, I I think this cigar is a fantastic uh, fantastic addition to the Cavalier of Geneva portfolio. Uh, I've been a fan of the white label. Um, the, the black label, um, has been, has been kind of the, the hero of that particular portfolio. I think, I think a lot of people gravitate towards it. Uh, there are special editions that they do, of have been really, really well received, but, um, and I know the inner circle coming out of this year's trade show was, was pretty highly, uh, anticipated and, and a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, but this cigar really hit for me. So I was really excited about the, uh, this cigar but this was a this was a cigar um that i thought uh performed well all year long um but it did like the uh like the sergeant it actually did it did fall down a little bit too um it was it was it was it was always going to be a top five in my mind uh at least the way it was smoking all year uh all year for the past 18 months and stuff um but i smoked a ton of it early on um bought a box of the great smoke last year yeah uh, that was that was Coop's first indicator uh, as to where it might be, you know, that it might be a placer. You had this picked in my top three. Two. I did two. Yeah, I had two. So I thought I thought this would actually maybe be the one to knock off the one. Because you bought the box. You've been again, you were high on that before you bought the box. You bought a box of it. So I knew you were high on I mean, th- this was a no-brainer that this was gonna be in the top five. But I thought maybe two. I thought this was potentially a cigar of the year contender for you. It was for a while. I think I got, I think honestly, I got thrown off a little bit by it. Um, when Brian Matol, like he's, he's going to hate me now. Cause it does to a detriment. He's like, Hey, I smoked the torpedo. I think the torpedo is better. I was like, you think it's better. Okay. And so I bought, I bought some of the torpedoes and I started smoking those. And I, I mean, I enjoyed it too, but in the end, this was the, this was the Vitola for me. You went with the double uh, Robusto. I don't think, this yeah. is, I don't know if that's the double Robusto I have up here, but uh, you get the people get the gist of it. Yeah, it's a Robusto Gordo um, and it's a 54. They do make a Robusto size in it. So yep. they do make a smaller Robusto size uh, in this particular one. Um, I I just think the Robusto Gordo just sings. Um, it's got, a, it, it, it's, it has a lot of so similar components to a former number one cigar for me. Uh, the, uh, the Crew Mexi Soul from Tony. Yep. Polato. It has that minerality to it. Which is that I know uh, you like with it, yeah, uh, yeah. That you know that I'm a big fan of when it's well balanced in cigars. Uh, it has this really nice sweetness in the very in, in the middle. It's kind of very caramel. Mm-hmm. It's almost very decadent, um, and uh, it really kind of sings in the middle. Like the, the the middle third of this cigar is really where the cigar hits, uh, and I I've really enjoyed it. And it was my number five cigar of the year. Uh, number four. Uh, was, one, one comment I just want to make on that before we go. Sure. Um, 
the um, we talked about overshadowed cigars. This one really wasn't an overshadowed cigar. This was the this was the key release for these guys last year. So yeah, this was their main release. So this one wasn't yeah. overshadowed. A lot of people gravitated to this cigar. So that was my comment I was going to make on that. True story. So my number four cigar holds the distinction of being probably the only cigar in my top 10 that George didn't like. And I, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about this because I kind of wondered if that was going to be the case. Uh, and, but it, George, all class, you know, uh, put it, you know, you know, put uh, subjectivity aside and really analyzed it for what it was um, and really smoked it all the way through. Uh, even though from the very beginning he he wasn't really a fan of it particularly, uh, I'm gonna I'm going to send him some more because I would hoping that it's just it was a one off situation for him. Um, but I thought the cigar performed extremely well over the course uh, of time with me. Coop, you saw me light the cigar up for the very first time. It was after one of our shows. Yep. Uh, and I was completely blown away by it by its first impression, and I uh, became a huge fan of it ever since. A uh, big fan of their cigars in general. I think he, uh, the owner of this brand is doing great things, and that's the Howard G. Magic Stick Cameroon Toro. Um, it's my number four cigar of the year. Um, absolutely dig the cigar. It is a surprise and a half from the second you light it to the way it smokes all the way to the nub. Just incredible, incredible smoking experience. Uh, with the exception of George, everyone I've given to this, this cigar to has really enjoyed it as well, uh, including uh, including Jay Davis, uh, who's in our chat too. So yeah, I know he he was a big fan of it. Uh, I, I, George uh, George uh, Jay gave me uh, razzed me a little bit because he's like, hey man, surprise me. We were at the, we were hanging out after one of the trade show days. He's like, hey, surprise me, give me a cigar. And I said, okay. So I gave him I gave him the cigar. He's he's like, oh Cameroon, aren't you playing to the crowd a little bit? I was like, no, smoke it, try it. And he really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. So, uh, and everyone I've, I've, I've given the cigar to with the exception of George has really enjoyed it. And uh, uh, I can't say enough things about Howard. Um, Howard Gums is just doing, I think he's doing great stuff. Well, what a, yeah. He, uh, I like this cigar, but I wondered how George's reaction was going to be to this cigar. Because I kind of agree with George on one thing. It does taste more like Ecuadorian Cameroon to me. That's not a knock. There's some, you could get very good Ecuadorian Cameroon. But uh, I don't know if it's Ecuadorian or not, but I, I kind of felt that. And I know George's affinity for some of the African Cameroon ones. So I was wondering what his take was going to be on it. I thought he would still like it, though. Yeah, and remember, he smoked it blind, so he didn't know what it he was. Didn't know what he, but he knew, yeah, you know. but he knew he knew enough that it was Cameroon. No, he... And... Uh... But so, I think this cigar just absolutely hits just on so many levels. Just Yeah. I had this at three for you. So it was I was a little off at four. Um I think the one that climbed into the third spot was was a, the two that climbed up surprised me. That didn't surprise me. I should have figured out the other two, but um but yeah, this was probably your most boutique cigar you had on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess it is the most boutique. I, I guess say, so. I think it's the most boutique. -y. It's the smallest brand you have on there. I have a small yes. brand on mine too. So, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I was wondering if George had even heard of the line, which was in. But George, George was very, you know, George when he did that show, I, he knew more boutique cigars than I gave him credit for. Because I was actually wondering, you know, like I, I didn't know if he maybe was familiar with the Cavalier 
or this, you know, but he, he definitely, he knew enough uh, to do that show. Yeah. Um, I really um, was, I was really surprised too. Um, in a lot of ways, like I, you know, even though he would see what it was with the, with the, with the gold diamond, I was surprised that he is how much Cavalier of Geneva he's actually smoked. Yeah. That's what surprised me more. Like I said, you couldn't pull the diamond off. He was going to know that, but he knew the brand very well. You know, that, that's the part that surprised me. So my number three cigar, which again, surprised you, uh, but Jay actually had this, picked in my top three good job by jay so yeah jay had this selected in my top three uh and jay probably had a little bit of inside trader knowledge i did buy a box from him so uh i should have figured this one out because we did a round table on it yeah i should have fit and it was one of your highest scoring ones on the round table yeah so number three cigar of the year for me was the saint louis ray uh carenas toro um this is a cigar that really uh, recaptured the audience for the St. Louis Ray brand. I'm a big fan of that brand. I felt like in the last few years, it had fallen off quite a bit. They weren't really able to recapture the magic that I remember from smoking St. Louis Ray very, very early on in my smoking career. Um, the Carreñas just has this very subtle, nuanced feel to it. Uh, Florida La Copan uh, production for Altidus USA. Um I think what Raphael and his team put together in this cigar was just something tremendous, but without like that, it wasn't braggadocious. Like it wasn't this huge, like Monte Cristo, 1935 player, but it was just an, it's just an absolute gem of a cigar. I think it's like wonderfully decadent, sweet, savory, spicy, but it does, it delivers it all at like this, it never goes full throttle in every in anything. It's just a very, very enjoyable cigar all the way through. And George agreed; like he really liked it too. I'd say this is probably his fourth or fifth favorite cigar in my top ten. Uh yeah. I mean, the uh, Raphael in the job he's done with with Tobacco or USA. So Singley Ray's always been kind of. I think Singley Ray. You know, they tried for a few years with a few things, and they they missed. Uh, the Broadleaf was actually pretty good. They did, by the way. Just, I just didn't feel like it smoked like a Saint Louis Ray when they released it, and that was prior to Raphael. This one kind of had more of Saint Louis. This felt like a Saint Louis Ray. You know, it has some Cuban esque qualities. I hate using that word, but it does. Um, but yeah, this was. Which size did you have again? The Toro. The Toro. Yeah, this is the Toro. Yeah, I think the Toro That's was. It. The, uh, and this was a polarizing cigar. Some people really loved it, and some people didn't. Uh, I thought we it did very well when we did the round table. I remember that. I think I gave it a ninety. Uh, mm-hmm. so but yeah it's a uh i mean the packaging came up it was the great. tightest to date i think it was i was at the top at 91 at the time i think it was two 90s and then i think i think nelson gave it an 89 maybe maybe he gave it a 90 maybe it was three 90s and a 91 it was the tightest one we had it was the tightest one we had for sure it was one of the first ones we did if not the first it was the first it was the first so yeah um i just think you know again this is this was a great you know it did very well with aficionado too it didn't do well with a lot of the online people but i don't think a lot of the online people smoked this either i mean you, you like i said we uh when when i when i saw Raphael in florida last in may of 21 uh he gave me a box of these and i took him back to the uh, florida media compound 
And a bunch of us were just smoking those things uh, by the pool. They were just, everyone was loving them. Um, so this was a great, great job by the cigar. Good, good pick. Awesome. So let's start with your number five, Coop. All right. So we're going to finish up this pattern. Uh, this is a cigar that once Knuckle Sandwich got released, in my opinion, it, it, again, it fell under the radar. But it was a highly acclaimed cigar. From Again, it didn't make my list in time last year, uh, the way I do it. But um, it, it had its time. And this is one of the highest rated Espinosa cigars I've had on the list. And it is the Laranja Reserva Azulejo Gordo. Yes, the Gordo. <laughs> Gordo made my list. Um, this cigar is, I think this is one of the best cigars Hector's ever blended. This is Sumatra done right. This is Sumatra done Espinosa style. This is a cigar that, yes, smokes, I think, the bell of the ball is the Gordo. And Hector will even say that. Um, I think Knuckle Sandwich took a lot of the steam out of this release is what happened. Um, and I, I think this is something I'd love to see them start to push this line more. Uh, but it's a, it is the, my favorite of the Laranja. Port for all the Laranjas have made my list. Um, but this is the highest one. Uh, giving Espinosa a top five cigar and a, a very high core line with them as well. Did this make your list last year? No, there's a reason why this cigar is not on the list. Okay. And we're going to talk about it here in a second. Okay. But I absolutely think this blend is phenomenal. Uh, I think it's, uh, it, I think it just crushes the S girl. I love the S girl. And I like the S girl too. And a lot of people do. Most people probably prefer it over even all the original little Ranja. Right. I think this cigar crushes it. I think this Crush cigar it. is phenomenal. It's, yeah. The, the, it's sensational. Sensational blending. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, Sumatra is more missed than hit with me, but this is Sumatra done right. Uh, and Hector's really been, I mean, you gotta give Hector a lot of credit too. This is a cigar, absolutely, I think will be on an aficionado list at some point. I agree. I, then I, it being your top, your number five, Coop, I think this is still, this was still, I mean, I think this is a, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think this is how tight your top five were. I think there was serious consideration at some point that this would be a number one cigar for you, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was very tight, but actually, as I say, one was a clear winner. So maybe this would have kind of popped as high as two. Um, but but yeah, one was a clear winner. One was my clear winner this year. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's funny. I smoked this in the thin ring gauge and I didn't like it. Uh, I like it in all the tolls, including your Gordo, including your Gordo. I, I think, I think the, I've heard I've heard even Eric say he likes the Gordo. Eric oh, man. And it's not Habano. How about that? And it's not Habano. That's how, that's, that's how great it is. And, and, it's and a great I, blend. Look, look, I think I like the fact Espinosa has done everything with Habano that they need to do at this point. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I like that they're, do, they're going with more Sumatra blends they've been doing lately. You know, question, nice. does, does the knuckle sandwich Habano smoke at all like the Meridian? Yes. I think in my, opinion, in my I, opinion, it does. It's very close to the Meridian. I'm not saying it is the Meridian, but when I lit up a Meridian with some age on it, right? And I'm like, that cigar is very close to Knuckle Sandwich, is what I'm just going to say. It's it's a very similar, because I went and smoked a Knuckle Sandwich in a in, a, in the same size afterwards of a Busto. 
And I'm like, and I like Meridian. I like the knuckle sandwich. It's not my favorite, but it's they're close. They're close. All so what right. was number four, Coop? All right. Number four, I'm pulling it up right now. This was my boutique cigar that uh, – this is my boutique cigar that made it. Uh, and according to these guys, there are only three cigars better than this one, right? Uh, it is the Postani Wojciech Warbear Toro, the 2020, the rounded Vitola. I was not as big a fan as the box press as, as the round. I was in the developing college camp with this. This cigar just didn't get reviewed in time for last year because it probably would have been in the top three last year. This is a great cigar. It might have been your cigar of the year last year. It might have been. It might because I didn't do a re-smoke to determine it, right? But it might have been. I mean, it scored like when I reviewed it, it, it got a 92 at the start of like the, the 2022 year. Uh, and it just held up. I think there was some other competition game. This is one of the this is the highest barber pole I've ever rated. This is the highest Nika Suenia cigar I've ever made. And there's some great barber poles and some great Nika Suenia cigars. This was this was unbelievable. This was this is Postani's um, masterpiece. This is a great cigar. Too bad it's limited. Too bad it's limited. It's a phenomenal cigar. I don't think the box press was as good. I mean, I'm gonna be. I think there was a big difference with the box press, in my opinion. I think this one was better. I love the box press still. A lot of people like the box press, uh, but I'm like in the developing palettes camp. I didn't. I thought there was a big difference with these. The cigar was so good. Mike did a great job with this cigar. Uh, you know, you know, Skip and the Nika Swenya family putting it together uh, yeah. just did a phenomenal job. Uh, the SBC twenty was was. Uh, I have that one coming my, up. Was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, I remember uh, that. And uh, I think that's the most nuanced cigar that it skips ever blended. Yep. You know, and I think uh, I'm really excited what Mike and Skip are going to partner up and do in the future. I'm excited about this Connecticut that's coming out. Did you hear the story about the Connecticut? No. With, with me? So Dave Burke and I recorded a jukebox show and we talked about this cigar. And then we started talking about it's limited. And then we got on the subject of Mike needs another core line. And I said, I want to see him do a Connecticut. And um, I think he can do Connecticut. I think a Postani interpretation of Connecticut is exactly what's needed. I think it will attract a lot more smokers that are Postani brand. Um, and, you know, of course, Dave was advocating for Candela, right? But, uh, of course. But, I, but I don't think Skip would do a Candela for, for Postani because I think that's and I don't think Mike would take one because Pomorian's his deal, right? Yeah. The next day, Skip puts up after the show ends. The next day, Skip puts up the picture of the of the uh, post. <laughs> Look at you. So I nice. don't know if he heard the show or not, but I'm telling you, I did not know that when I said. That's it. cool. Nice. It's great. Yeah. So I'm excited about that Connecticut. I think, um, that Connecticut as well. So I think it's a good one. It's documented. <laughs> yep. Nice. Good call. Yep. So. Great cigar. Yep. So what popped at number three? Uh, this was one that uh, this was the one that climbed into the top three. Uh, See, I had the War Bear at number three, so I had these two flip flopped. I had three and four flip flopped for you because this one climbed up at the end, right? Um, this was a cigar that just got better and better throughout the year. It was, it wasn't. It was a 2021 release that just, uh, in my opinion, it's a Tatuai T110 Reserva. Uh, there's a reason why Pete is a master at Connecticut Broadleaf, and this is a great example of it. Um, I haven't gotten to the Kohete reviews yet. It's just been a time issue. More I bought you this cigar. I know, but they're coming up. They, they, they've been smoked. They just have. No, I bought them. you this one too. 
you had to buy me this one because yeah, I uh, needed more. You had to buy me this one because I needed more. Yes, you did. Um, now when the, when the T110s came out, I was a little indifferent on all three of them, right? But this one, the the this one aged the best, I thought. Uh, performance over time. This is a cigar that, uh, in my opinion, was the best of the T110 blends, and it is a highly limited cigar. I hate it. Yeah, I, I mean, look, here's the deal. You know my feelings on limited editions, right? You know, but I have a, the limited editions I have on my list. I believe are root. There are still good limited editions. This is one of them. The War, War Bear was one of them as well. Um, mm-hmm. This is fan, this is just fantastic. This cigar. So it's an absolute uh, one of my. And this one climbed up. This one really climbed up because it actually scored ninety one, but it beat out some of the ninety two scores in the end uh, in the, in the tasting uh, finales. So, which one of the T one tens did you like the best? This one. Even, okay. Some people didn't like this one the best. Unlike the Cohete, this was the my favorite T one ten. The Capa Special and the Cohete was my favorite. The Sumatra, yeah. By, by far. By yeah. far. Um yeah, big year for Pete, uh for sure. Uh last year. Um, but like I said, this one carried over into this year. And uh, you know, if you have like this is the idea of this list of mine is well, okay, it was released in twenty twenty one, but if you have some of these lying around in twenty twenty two, they would just perform fantastic. Yeah. Matt Tobacco had this one at number. He thought this was going to be number, my number one. I, I revealed this on the show with George, and it, 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 I, I have no I have no qualms about saying this. I I didn't try to convince him, but I tried to get out of Pete that the Cohetes were regular production, which they're not. And bravo to Pete, like for you know he could have said anything. It's his brand, right? You know, and you know I asked him several different ways, and I asked him a couple of different times about it. He's like, no, no, they're limited. They're a limited cigar, and I was like. Damn it. Because the Cohetes Campa Special would have been in my top 10 easily. It would have been I, in my top five. I, I would classify it as limited because, again, it's not like he's making these every year. He's not. Yeah. No, no, no. we don't know when the, we don't know when the Cohetes are going to come out again. You know, Cohetes, one of those cigars started like this one started as a shop exclusive. And, you know, he, he uh, good for Pete for kind of revisiting a lot of these shop exclusives and doing some innovative things with it. Um, you know, big, big part of Tatawahi's. 2022 year, I think was really what he did with, with those Cohetes. Yes, a limited series, but look what he did. He put that, the Cohete was put on the map this year with those cigars. They're phenomenal. Yeah. All right. All right. So some great things are happening here, right? Yep. Great things are happening here. And first of all, I want to mention first United Cigars uh, featuring La Diana Havana and distributed to Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabe, Byron, and now Alfonso. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. But this is... Well, that Thanks, Oliver. Up. Yeah, thanks, Oliver. But we have to make up. We had to make up for Oliver with that last one. So, uh, of course... Uh, great things are happening here. Brought to you by Tobacco RSA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, Aging Room Cigars, St. Louis Ray, and more. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. So this is the part of the show where we go into um, a good news story and um, the uh, you know find something positive to talk about. So it's always one of our favorite segments of the show. Um and we, Bear and I, each I didn't pick a story, like a, s- a specific story this week, but I picked a um, a big story that's been coming out. So um, I picked Demar Hamlin's story as um, a great things are happening here. Now, what happened to him on the field is not the great thing that happened. 
Um, and uh, what I was very shaken up when that happened. Um, I fear terrifying. The, I fear for the man's life. Um, you know, you saw things happen like that you never saw happen during a football game. Look, football's a, a game of football's a violent game, and things can happen sometimes. And I'm not sure if they even know exactly what what happened to him. Do they actually know what happened? I haven't done more research into it. Um, like I like you, Coop. I was just horrified. Yeah. Um, by it, not not because of the game of football, not because of you know anything in particular. It wasn't even that violent of a hit. I mean, we come on, Coop. We've been watching football for a long right. time. There have right. been we've seen far worse hits. We've seen far worse hits this season. The hits that Tua took to his head, where he yeah. couldn't even walk afterwards. Right. That was scarier in terms of like violent hits. Yeah. It, what was just terrifying was seeing this man get up and just collapse. Right, right. And, um, oh, soul-crushing. The, the thing that that brought memories back to, and this is, you weren't old enough, was Hank Gathers uh, in the NCAA you know, tournament for uh, Loyola Manly Mount when that happened. This, That's what, this was, you know, uh, that was a, it was, and he died, obviously. Uh, and a lot of people didn't know if, if uh, this man was going to, um, was going to um, live. Now, there was, you know, again, horrible would happen to him. You pray for him, his, his, you know, his family, everyone. But there was some really good things that happened out of this. Um, and I have two points I want to make. You know, first, I think the whole league got behind this guy, including his rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals. They were wearing shirts. Everyone was behind this guy. I mean, they just, you know, again, football, a violent sport, but to see everyone kind of come together in the league was a really positive thing. But the other thing that really happened was, you know, he was doing a uh, right before the holidays. He started a uh, a uh, a drive um, for to- a toy drive. And it was, mm-hmm. his hope was he just wanted to raise twenty five hundred dollars for this. Right. For these toys. A very. Mo- yeah. A very modest amount. Yeah. A very modest amount, which is a generous amount. But DeMar Hamlin wasn't a, a big name player. And he was just doing some after 24 hours. Um, they found people, this GoFundMe, he had a GoFundMe page that people, that people found out about this. And within, after the first 24 hours of his injury, $5.5 million were donated. And the number I think has climbed higher. I don't know what the final number is. I was trying to look it up. Um, I think it's close to 6 million. I think it went over, I think it got, it may have literally yeah. gone over 6 million. That is, an think- unbelievable, that is an unbelievable story. Well, J.J. Watt and his family donated like six figures to it. Like J.J. Watt's been a huge right. contributor to charity in his time, you know. Um, yeah, he was. He was. But, you know, even if someone just for donated a $10 toy, right? You know, I'm sure there yeah. were a lot of those types of things. Um, You know, you hate that this happens, but there's to see something like that happen and bring, bring the community together was another beautiful thing, I thought. And like I said, you pray for him to be okay. You don't, it's not, that wasn't the great thing that happened, but all, there was a lot of good that came out of this uh, in, in, in a league and a time of, uh, in, our, in our society. Th- this was a great story. Uh, it's probably one of the best stories I've seen come out of sports in a long time. And that's why. Well, in the wake of tragedy, Coop, that's when humanity shines. Always yeah. does. We talk okay, about okay. this all the time. Yeah, it does. It does. But that's when you, just when you're ready to give up, um, something like this happens. So DeMar Hamlin is my story. His story is a great thing to happen uh, in the, as an end of something that was really, really, and like I said, I think if this guy comes back on the football field next year, 
it's going to be something incredible. I mean, if he comes yeah. back on the field next year, this is going to be is we this is going to be one of the big. T- you know, I wonder if he'll get consideration for Sportsman of the Year if he comes back. I think he should. Um, I thought Alex Smith should have won it a few years ago, but this is even this is at another level too. Yeah, what an what an incredible story. Uh, yeah. uh, it's just great to see him home. He's no longer in the hospital. He's he's recovered. He's watching the watching the games. I'm sure he's for the. And I think, I'm sure that he's charging the bills up a little too, which it should. Yeah, I'm sure you know as tight as that game was against Miami. You know, the, considering it was supposed to be a walk, yeah. I'm sure there were a lot of emotions with the fact that Demar was released from the hospital and stuff like that. So I'm sure it was a very emotional game. Oh, I'm sure I gave him a yeah. You know, talk about someone getting emotionally charged. I'm, I'm sure it did too. You know, and, and anyway, by the way, hats off to Miami. They played a great game. Uh, with a third string quarterback, so they played their hearts out too. I've not been a fan of these expanded season and expanded playoffs, but um, this uh, that, that was a good game. Great story, Coop. Yep, yep. All right, Bear, you got a, you got something here. Well, my my story definitely isn't as uh, definitely doesn't wasn't in the spotlight as much as Demar Hamlin. What a great pick, Coop. Um, this was a story that caught my eye on the GoodNewsNetwork.org. I love the website, as everyone knows. It's where I get all of these stories that we do for this segment. Um, but Ranjit uh, uh, Ranjit, excuse me, Singh uh, is a bus driver in Great Britain, and uh, he he's a bus driver and services a multicultural uh, part of the city. And he uh, he has family still back in India. He's who's Punjabi specifically, and uh, he made a video uh, that showed his relatives in India what he does for a living. So he made this video that has become this viral sensation on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's a musical number. First of all, it it, it harkens back to like Bollywood type of entertainment, Coop. And I, I know you you know you're probably not a big. Bollywood I do know about Bo- I do know about Bollywood. Yeah. yeah, but most most people are. But I, I tell you, man, Bollywood is one of the most entertaining things to watch, whether you're a fan or not. Like it is impossible to watch Bollywood production and not like get a you know get a beat in your step, a smile on your face. It, it's it's joyful. It's praiseful. It's it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, you just you it's just an it's enjoyable and uh and this video kind of harkens back to that you can see you can see a lot of that influence obviously in sings video but what's really great is just that it's celebrated you know you know a lot of people talk about the the racial divide in this country coop there's a racial divide all over the world yeah and 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 you wouldn't think considering you know great britain tends to be one of the more progressive countries in the world um but there's a lot of controversy in that country because it is very multinational. Um, colonialism is still is still a very big um, sore, uh, you know, for for people who have been under British rule, uh, you know, uh, for a time in the, in their great in the in the in the kingdom's great history and stuff. So it's it there is a lot of tension in that country when it comes to its different communities and Singh chose to do a video that celebrated um the multi-religion multi-regional multicultural community that he serves as a professional bus driver and and that's what it was and it was just a great it's just a great video uh it's a lot of fun and uh like i said i really enjoyed it and uh and uh 
Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Yep. No, I thought it was a great story. It was a great story. Yeah. So I just put the video up. So I'm not gonna put the sound on just because it will mess things up here. But, but yeah, uh, that was a great story. Um, beautiful. It was a beautiful story. And I saw that. I was like, wow, this is great. Well, if you see the picture on the article too of, of seeing like like this is a guy like how do you not look at this guy and just like smile like he's just so you can see that he he gets he's just got a lot of joy in his life and it feels like it and you can feel it and it's yeah. always great. Yeah, it, it really it really just said it was a. Uh, uh, it, it, there's something about there's something about people's joy that's very infectious. It's like children. Coop, you know, you're a parent, you know, you remember when your kids were small yeah. and stuff and like Christmas morning, you know, we just had Christmas a couple of weeks back and everything and Christmas morning with children is so different, you know, and when you see joy like on this man's face here and like on children's faces when they open presents Christmas morning and stuff, it's, it's, a, it's an infection that just kind of gets in you. And it just, it just brings you so much smile and so much joy. And uh, yeah, man, I, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, for a guy who just was putting together something for his family, you know, and it became this viral sensation. It's pretty awesome. I had the wrong video up guys. And I just noticed that. It's okay. Uh, the video, that's why I can't see it sometimes, but yeah, I'll just put the video real quick so people could see it. But yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah, I think I posted it below the link, but it's also yeah. in the story. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's, it's long on the play, but it, we'll have the link out there too. Uh, That's saying right there on yeah. the right. Yep, there we go. In the sunglasses, yeah. Yep. Yeah, really great viral. I mean, you talk about viral videos and you know, like the mind-numbing TikTok stuff. Here's a really <laughs> good one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that part with him. Yeah, look at this. There you go. Yeah, definitely one checking out. Definitely worth checking this one out. And that was our great things are happening here segment. Sponsored by Tobacco USA. All right. Uh, do we want to finish the cigar or do we want to finish the list? Let's finish the cigar. Okay, let's finish this because I'm about to the end. Of, I'm about the end of mine as well. Uh, I'm in the last third. It's still giving me great flavor. Uh, the bands are off. I have a, my burn went a little wonky, but that was because I was playing with the video and stuff. But I don't think it's anything with the really this cigar. Still, it's not hard. There's no harshness in this cigar at all. No. Just a a beautiful smoke. Um, what's the big change you got out of this? I'm kind of curious if you saw a big change at this. So no crescendo flavor for me. There was no crescendo but the, flavor. But yet. the final third was very good. It's not hot. It's not bitter. No. It doesn't burn uh, harsh. It's a wonderful cigar from beginning to end. The middle really shines for me. The complexity of all the flavors. The finish is still very, it's the last third is very nutty. Very it's nutty. Really nice. I, I, that's what I was trying. It's a nutty flavor I'm getting on this thing too. It's still got a little bit of these Maduro-esque qualities, though. Very much so. Um, I'm still getting some of the licorice sweetness. I still am. Yeah. I a still am. Spice, but not overpowering. Um, but yeah, just a beautiful smoke. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to do this. I'm so looking forward to six months and see what it does. I'm not looking forward to the year because I know what Patrons do with age. But we'll see. That's the whole point. 
Yeah, I, I said I don't like. I tended when I bought. I don't like when I was. You know, when I buy this cigar, I don't buy it by a box. Um, I usually buy singles of this cigar, and I usually don't put, buy one to put it in the humidor for six to eight months. So, what are going to year? So I haven't. I don't think I've really given this an aging experiment, which is why this intrigues yes. me a lot. I did go to a Padron event. I tried to buy this box. I didn't have it when George came to Charlotte a few years ago. I don't know why this is so underrated. I would. I don't know why either. Like I said, um, to me, it's been it's been underrated by especially all the media has underrated this cigar. Uh, not just the print magazines, but online media. It just didn't get a lot of buzz. Like I remember when the Padron '90s came out, the online media was all over that. Um, good cigar very good cigar it's very good cigar yeah but uh they weren't all over the padron 95s but they were so limited those 90 and they were expensive i mean those were expensive yeah so but i think the 95 just overshadowed this one the 100 years coming next year buddy oh man uh well no 60s next year and then 100 is 26. That's right. That's right. So right. excuse me. Yeah, yeah. 26. So I, I expect, I expect, yeah, we're going to see something for Padron 60. Again, Padron's not going to talk to anybody beforehand on it. And I, I cannot see them not doing the, you know, it's going to be interesting because 2026, we're going to have Avo 100 and uh, Jose Orlando Padron 100. I love, I go back and I read the story of Jose Orlando Padron. I went back and watched the segments with him in hand rolled. Um, I went back and listened to the brief interview that I did with George at 2021's trade show. Yep. There, I absolutely, I, this, the story is in, their story. While it parallels other stories in the industry and has various, has various similarities. is just very, it's just very fascinating. Yeah. Incredibly unique. You know, Jose Orlando Padron should have died like three times. You realize this, right? He was sick. He a lot. Sh- well, yeah, no, but he should have died three times in his lifetime. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. Like he, so he goes from being, he, he graduates from a technical college. He goes back to the farm. He takes a job as a foreman or manager for a mining company. Apparently, you know, from what I've heard, there were, there was a story about like uh, an explosion that he narrowly missed there. He also tells a story in Hand Ruled about how um, he, if mem- if memory serves the way that the story was, I-, I can't remember the group, but I don't want to get this wrong. So there was a group that was basically recruiting people to join them. And he, they called the foreman over, which was him. And they said, okay, you pick one of these guys to basically to die. And he says, no, I won't do it. Which is basically a death sentence, right? You know, if you're not going to do, if you're not going to pick someone else, that means you're the guy, right? But he survives that, that twist of history. He actually joins up with Castro at the time, which was an anti-dictatorship, you know, political, you know, movement. You know they were they were looking to to overthrow Batista and uh, and um, and they were successful in that. Uh, but again, as the story goes, he was offered a position in the government by Fidel Castro, and he turned it down, 
probably because he saw the direction that they were going towards the Communist Party, and he didn't want to be a part of that. That wasn't what he was in for. So again, you turn you turn that regime down. Uh, uh, you turn that regime down, and that's that's bad. Oh yeah, it's bad. Oh, you, I mean, very bad. I mean, people. Uh, I mean, there were many people that were a part of the party, were a part of the movement, that eventually said no to him, and they were imprisoned like other political prisoners for twenty years. It came with a twenty-year minimum sentence. He escapes Cuba, goes to Spain, comes to the United States. Mose Lons, the legendary hammer, becomes a carpenter, and in 1964 he la- he launches Padron Cigars. Yep. Fast forward, he becomes part of a humanitarian effort to go back to the country of his fatherland. His father greets him at the airport. He hasn't seen his father in almost 20 years, and he ne- helps negotiate the release of. I want to say hundreds. I think that's right. Hundreds yep. of political prisoners. And there was a very famous picture taken, unfortunately, of him where he's handing Fidel Castro a cigar. And as the story goes, George tells it in hand rolled about how, uh, well, it's actually both of them. It's both of them telling the story. And uh, uh, an unfortunate picture was snapped. And that's, you know, a picture tells a thousand words, right? But it doesn't tell the whole story. You know, as the story goes, Fidel says, hey, Orlando, I hear you're making cigars in Nicaragua. And he says, yes. And he says, Would, you know, are you know are they any good or whatever? And he says, well, they'll try one, you know. And uh, again, he was there for humanitarian effort. It wasn't there to be buddy-buddy with Fidel or anything. And uh, that picture got published. And, you know, his factory was bombed. You know, he was branded as a traitor. Yep. Padron the communist, they called him. I remember that. Yeah, we talk, right? I think we, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so by one hand, he's a communist. There are more bombs in his, in his history. And he gets thrown out of Nicaragua with the Sandista. Yep. Revolution. His factory is bombed there. And he's labeled a capitalist, which he is. <laughs> right. So that one was accurate. Right, right, right. So right. on one hand, he's Padron the communist. Another one, he's Padron the capitalist in the same breath. And it's just, we talked earlier about in the presidential segment, like we talked about perception, right? It's crazy what things, the stories that get told and mistold and read and reread in a different context and how everything is overplayed. And I mean, he was... You know, George says in Handrolled, he he was lucky to escape Nicaragua with his life again, right? Uh, Carlito's father also barely got out too. Yep. You know, I mean, these men that we talk about, these brands that we talk about, I mean, they just they should they should have died three or four times in their lifetime, and they it, like, you know, it's surprising to me that none of them have come out with a cigar line called the Phoenix because it would be aptly named. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's he's he's an incredible person in history, not just cigar history, but just in history. And it's a, it's a story that never gets told because again, it's part of it's part of the fabric of this very polarizing world of tobacco, and in this very niche world of premium cigars. But if you listen to the story of Jose Orlando Padron, you, I, I mean, it, it's captivating. It's riveting. It it. it it's it's an unbelievable story, um, except for it is believable because it's true. It happened. It's nuts. No, it, it is. 
So uh, I'm, I'm for, I'm grateful to him and his family for what they've done for our industry. Um, but for his family's legacy, what he's built has been incredible. So, and this, this cigar, I, I think encapsulates it incredibly well. So I've, I've enjoyed it thoroughly and I'm so excited that we selected as part of this aging experiment. So. No, it's a it's a great time. You know, I also went back recently and watched our. I really finished. digressed on how the cigar finished, but whatever, it was fine. No, I mean, um, when I went back and um, I watched the tribute show we did to him. Um, yeah, just like I said, there was just so much in there. The guy lived an incredible life. I think that's one question I look forward to asking George next time I have the opportunity to speak with him is. Like, not what what does your father's legacy mean? Because that's so that's so obtuse. But like, you know, here's a life that you know should have ended several times, and each time, each each time, perseverance, you know, carried the day. And what does that speak to to generations like in the future? Like, you know, there's going to be great great grandchildren. Padrones, like I, I have no doubt that this is one of the this, the brands that stands the test of the time. You know. Oh, that, totally. Oh, totally. What? Are, how are they going to carry on that? Like, because they're not going to have those burdens that that Jose Orlando had, or even George. You know, for that matter. You know. You know. You know. You know. A lot of people just see Padron as it is now, and this this very Harold brands and and very successful and everything, but there were lean times, you know, in the eighties, when they moved after the Nicaraguan embargo, they moved from Nicaragua to Honduras and they cut their production by 80%, you know? Yeah. And I've had, I had the, I've had a Honduran Padron. You have? Yeah, I have. I was. Oh, wow. Uh, And I know it because of the box. So I know it was, and it's, it is different, but it was good. And I think I think George has done an incredible job of carrying on his father's legacy, and I have no doubt that his his uh, his family will continue to do the same. But I'm I'm eager to see, you know, the next generation. I'll be an old man by then, but I'm eager to see that next generation what they do to honor their father or with their their grandfather and great grandfather's legacies. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously they've they've honored Damaso. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, I think there's you know there's still plenty they can do with that stuff too. But I imagine the hundred year one's gonna be a huge release. I wonder if George will ever put his name on a scar. I don't know. You know, I made a bet with Abe this year. Oh no. You know how those end. I'm gonna win it. Okay. Okay. Because he's saying that the Patron- You realize that's what everyone says, right? Yeah, but but I, okay. I, I, I I'm gonna just go by me being an industry person and I'm just, here's here's what I so he I bet him that he thinks the Fuente Padron thing is a 2024 release. I think it's a 2023 release because they don't want if they're gonna because next 2024 is the year of the 60. I don't think they're gonna I think they're gonna try to get that out this year. I think they'll mm-hmm. get it out sometime this year. And I think they're gonna get it out sooner than you think. So but I don't think I don't think they're gonna mess with that 20 that 60 year. I think that 60 year is gonna be a big year for them next year as a company. Even if they don't release a cigar, even if they don't release a cigar, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I hear you. 
that, yeah. that's a fair point yeah so we'll see we got a uh, uh, year They've got a year to do it, right? For you to win. Yeah, I got a year. Yep. So, uh, um, and believe me, Abe's gonna, Abe's gonna be, I'll pay the price if I lose, and Abe's gonna pay the price if he loses. So, yeah. Well, if it's a steak dinner, I hope you negotiated for the Scarcoot Coalition team to be in on this too, not just yourself. Oh, I, well, well, no, it's a, it's a signed bill bet. Oh, okay. What are those? Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, Abe only puts the ones up he wins. He doesn't put up when he loses, so. Oh, well, yeah. of course. Why would yeah. you do that? Be a, uh, be a sport. <laughs> but, all right. Um, but no, great story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, hey, just to fake Allen's listening. Uh, he didn't comment on the Sixers winning another game today on the road against the Clippers. So, uh, Sixers won, and the Flyers won tonight. So it's been a big sports week uh, for me. All right, did, they we got play, these... did they play the Chicago Bears? Uh, no. Then why would he comment? He's a closet Bears fan or a Bulls oh, fan. Bulls, Bulls fan, yeah. Bulls fan. And then he's like, well, I'm rooting for the best part. He's like, I'm not a fair weather fan, right? <laughs> he comments, I'm hoping the Heat tank. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just love, uh, I give up. I was like, I gave up. There's no point. <laughs> All right, let's finish. We'll finish up this list here. Sounds good. All right, so Scoop, let's change it up. What was your number two and number one? All right, uh, my number two uh, was a cigar that was, I think, the bridesmaid cigar of the year, um, for sure. Um, and like what I mean by bridesmaid is, it was number two on a lot of lists. Last year it was number one on some lists, and it sh- and I was very vocal. Um, yeah. Thank you for owning up to this. This is nice. Keep going. Keep yeah, going. Despite despite the fact that Matt, that Matt Cade from uh from Tuesday Night Cigar Club chose to go public with some stuff with me, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. You know, you want to tell I because I I was critical of a few people, including Matt Cade, on that. But there was a, there was more. To some criticisms of the cigar. I want to hear more about the criticism of the cigar here. Come on, keep keep yeah. going. Yeah, but the issue was that um it was. It was not released and it ended up finishing number two on the consensus because it was on all these lists and it wasn't released. And everyone who was in the media who rated it had a sample, a pre-release sample of it. Right. But I chose not to review it. And, and when Steve actually sent me those cigars, um, just so you know, I told Steve it's not getting reviewed in 2021. All right. It was going to be a 2022 release. I actually went back out and bought this cigar several times because it was one of these cigars that was getting more and more. Um, it was getting more and more uh, better for me. Uh, and it ended up finishing number two. And that's the Sin Compromiso Paladin de Saka. It's a great cigar. Um, I was, yeah, like I said, it got better and better. Uh, when the review, I actually held the review back till October because I wanted to just see where it was going to land. Uh, but uh, I wasn't a fan of Sin Compromiso. Uh, I know. And, you know. I was accused by people of costing Steve the consensus in 2018 with it. Or 2019, whenever it got all me. your fall coop. It's all I, your because I didn't, I because I missed the good. Now, I did like you got me a 60 size of it. I remember the corona size, yeah. and I thought it was good. I thought that was the best size, but Paladin was a was a was an amazing. It's just a corona cigar product. company exclusive. It's not corona size, it's a 60 gauge, yeah, yeah correct. Corona, the number cigar seven. Exclusive. yeah, the number seven, which is a 60. Um, but this one. To me, again, this is Steve doing the offshoot blends, and the offshoot blends tell, tend to um, 
resonate with me with him. He just I like when he tweaks these things, and they always tend to most of them tend to, to uh go well. This cigar um is not a cheap cigar, it's like $28. But um I, I thought it was a great cigar. I thought I just I, I wish people would have waited to review it this year, but okay. It is what it is, but um, maybe they were onto something, Coop. Yeah, but this cigar was like it was weird because because Matt Ty had this number two and a few other sites. Which, uh, sorry guys, I don't remember the other sites that had it number two. It, it was the bridesmaid cigar of the year for sure. Um, I think it's going to make the consensus pretty high again this year. I think it'll be top ten in the consensus. Um, but yeah, I think it's the best cigar Steve's done outside of the unicorn. I think the unicorn is still the best cigar he's done with Dunbar. But this is this is a, an ongoing release. Um, I think this is a more of a limited, this is true limited availability, but not limited edition. Mm -hmm. Great pick. It's a great cigar. I love it. Yep. I was very happy with it. And I think Steve, you know, uh, highest price ever for Steve on the countdown. So he's going to be getting an award at the, at the trade show or sooner. I'm actually trying to decide if I'm going to take all the plaques out there this year. Again, it's, it's such a pain in the neck. I may just try to, if I see people try to get it, but uh, but yeah, it's only a pain in the neck when your suitcase breaks and I have to carry a coop. Well, it's it, it's a pain in the neck to ship those out there because I can't I can't put those in the luggage. So that that's the other. I think I have a source who's going to help me this year, but because uh, we I've been using Nielsen at the hotel, but he's not he's staying with us this year. So it's going to be I have a, someone who maybe will receive the box. So um, and I like at least to give the number one cigar out at the trade show. And that brings us to the number one cigar. Anything else on the Paladin de Saka? It's a great pick, Coop. I'm glad I'm glad you came around on it. I'm a big fan of Sin, Sin Compromise of the Blend. I know you're still not high on that, um, but I love the Paladin de Saka. I thought it was a great cigar as well. Um, high price point and, uh, you know, my criteria being around the frequency of smoke kept it out of my top 10. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a fantastic cigar. I'm and it's, and it's glad tobacco, you enjoyed it. No, it's tobacco wise, it's different. He put that Pennsylvania seed leaf in there, um, which I think made a big difference in the blend for me. And then he he firmed up the box press a little. It was a little, I I thought that those two changes made the difference for me with that. It, it was a flavor. It was a flavor bomb. All right, yeah. uh, Coop. I'm going to step away for just a second, but to go ahead and talk about your number one, okay? All right, my number one cigar of the year. If uh, there was no, like I said, this was um, this was not a question here as far as uh, number one. It was a clear winner. Uh, the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare BC 134EV. Um, this cigar was the front runner the second I uh, started smoking it. Um, I was driving back from uh nashville and i went through Asheville, and i was going to meet ben lee at his local shop there and i did and i, when I get in there we go into the humidor um which is b&b tobacconist and they have the alec bradley fine and rares uh the bc 13 4 evs and uh i said hey let's let's get a couple of these and uh, i want to i haven't tried it I, you know and while i take a while to review cigars i don't take a while to try the cigar out and uh, in this case, uh, Ben and I smoked this. I'm like, this cigar is unbelievable. Like, we would, this is the best thing we've smoked in a while. We went and bought more cigars so we could do a roundtable with the guys. We did the roundtable back in September. Um, but in the interim, in addition, is I went and bought a box of these cigars as well because 
when I get a cigar that is a contender for number one, um, I do believe you should have a box of those cigars at hand. And if you don't have a box of those cigars, you know, and that, I was called that, and I wasn't called that, but Skip Martin actually, I called that the Skip Martin uh, clause. Uh, he, he didn't call me out specifically, but he called a lot of the online media guys out on that. And I kind of felt he's got a point there. If I think a cigar is that good, um, I go ahead and buy a box. Um, I didn't buy a box of the Paladins, but I will. But this one I kind of knew was was the leader in the clubhouse. And I smoked it throughout the year. And we got to the round table. It did very well on the round table. I was probably the high high one of that. And it got a 92, which was the highest score of eligible cigars It was uh, that were eligible. And to me, this was by far the best fine and rare I've had. Now, the other difference with this fine and rare, I have had fine and rares that have changed and not aged as well. And I was a little concerned how in seven months if it would change, but it actually got better over seven months. It didn't get worse. And when it got to the re- when the review cycle came, which was shortly after the roundtable in September, uh, it didn't lose any points. And then it went through the re-smoke and it wasn't it, it was a, there was a big difference with this. But um, again, I'm giving it to this is a limited one. Um, we don't know. When, they have re-released the fine and rare blends from time to time in different vintages. So we'll see. But, you know, part of me is like, well, you know, I've been so critical of limited editions. This limited edition comes across, and this is this is an absolute masterpiece cigar by Alan Rubin, Ralph Montero. Um, I'm sure the boys had a lot of input into uh, the you know the process of validating that. I guess I'm using a Terrence word, validating, but unbelievable cigar. Um, I know this made Bear's honorable mention list yeah. strictly because it was a limited edition, and he's kept true to that. But uh, Bear, I just was saying how I felt like Ben and I fell in love with this cigar. Ben didn't do a list this year, but he said this probably would have been his number one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I I was the low guy on the round table, um, just because of how technically that particular one performed for me that night. Um, but I knew it was something special. I smoked. Uh, I've smoked three more since, uh, and I agree with you, Coop. I think it's a phenomenal cigar, uh, well deserving of the number one ranking that you gave it. Um, Hats off to Alec Bradley for putting on a tremendous show with the cigar. I mean, I think it pays homage to everything that they've ever done with fine and rare. I think it's the best fine and rare that I've ever smoked. I haven't smoked all of them, but it's definitely the best fine and rare that I've ever smoked. It's arguably one of the best uh, Alec Bradley cigars that I've smoked. So I, I hats off to you, man. It's a, it's a, it's a well-deserving cigar. No, yeah. Thank you. It was, um, and you know, what's funny is, the best fine and rare before that was actually the uh, box press they did a few years ago for Alan Rubin's father, David Rubin. Uh, and I thought that was, that made my list as well. And I was like, well, you know, what, what can they do to top that? And and they did. And, you know, this cigar, it wasn't reviewed by a lot of reviewers. I know half on developer palettes were the only other people I think that did a review of it. Um, it's an expensive cigar. Again, we're looking at a cigar, you know, over $23. It wasn't cheap. Uh, it performed exactly as I expect. And, the thing is I have half that box remaining and I have to hold on to the, of which I can't go and enjoy those cigars right now because there's something else that I do called cigar of the decade. And I have to keep those aside for cigar of the decade coming up. However, however, I am, I have Nielsen on the hunt for a box. So, so I think, I well, think if there's one to be found. Nielsen's going to find yeah. it. So. so yeah, we are on a hunt for the box um, of those. 
because I do want to enjoy some of those. I got to be honest. I want to enjoy it. And I may have like one I can enjoy, um, but I need at least two or three for that. Uh, and every cigar of the year is eligible. We'll make the cigar of the decade list. It's just where it's going to land. But masterpiece by Alec Bradley. I think they just knocked it out of the park um, with this cigar. And uh, yeah, what more can I say? It was it was a true, it's a true cigar of the year. Congratulations. Yep, and like I said, I was glad you recognized it. As much as I've I beat up Bear for his honorable mentions, <laughs> uh, that cigar deserved. It. If there's honorable mention to be had, that one was it. And I I, you know, I get the criteria you have, and I respect the criteria. So it, it's. Uh, like I was like when he like Bear goes, oh, you gonna beat me up on the honorable mentions. I, I did because I think that was one of the first cigars you mentioned on yeah. the show. So like, yeah, he's got that one right. So Alec Bragg, fine and rare, the uh, cigar of the year for 2022. Awesome. Well, uh, the number two cigar of the year for me was actually again, you know, bring, going back to I bringing George Brightman onto the show to analyze these cigars blind. This was actually his favorite cigar of the 10 that I gave him. It was, it was. He absolutely loved it, fell in love with it, thought it was exactly, it was the perfect cigar from start to finish. He really enjoyed it uh, and just didn't really have anything, didn't have any negatives to say about it. Uh, it just absolutely hits for him and, and for me too. It's one of the cigars that's performed consistently. I smoked a ton of them and it's also the least expensive cigar on my top 10, uh, including uh, the honorable mentions too. So it, out of all the 15 cigars that I honored, that night, uh, it's the least expensive by far, and it's the Artista Cigars Buffalo Ten Connecticut. Um, I just absolutely think this cigar is one of the best cigars that I've smoked in the last few years. Um, there's something very nuanced about it, but it's got very, very, very specific Dominican overtones to it even though it's an ecuadorian connecticut shade there's a lot going on with the cigar and for five dollars the trunk press that's on it the flow the smoke the coolness of it the there's this beautiful creamy key lime plot pie thing that happens in the middle of it that's just sensational i freaking love this cigar it is so good uh it was my number two cigar of the year um now, did you you did, obviously didn't you had you had you had the Magic Stick Cameroon and you had Cavalier two and three? Um, where was this in your prediction? Where did you have it? It wasn't, but here was why. Um, I actually thought you had it on the list last year for some reason. Uh, I should have just went back and checked that, and I didn't. So this one kind of look, because look, I was there when we you we were at the compound when we lit these up. I don't know if you lit them up for us that day at the compound, but Ben and I lit this up, and we're like, this thing's incredible. Um, for and it, by the way, it's in a box here. This is from the trade show, but this was for display purposes. It's a, it's a, it's a bundle cigar. Yeah. Uh, it's got to go down as one of the greatest bundle releases ever. Uh, George liked it. I know, I know people who have raved about this cigar. Uh, multiple people. Um, it's, it's like I said, when we smoked it, we were smoking. I mean, Ben and I lit this thing up. It's 110 degrees out in the in the compound, and we weren't going in. We we just we thought this was incredible. So, like I said, I thought you had dumb me thought this was on the list. That's the only reason why I didn't have it in my prediction. Um, had I but I probably would have had this in your top three for sure. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's fantastic. Like I said, it's it's a it's a it's like I said, it's it's a um, they come in five packs, and uh, you know I'm not a Mazo fan, 
but uh it's it, but but by far it's a uh you can get um you can get a pack of these for like 25 bucks yeah a five pack i mean you can't go wrong with this it's this is not a don't let bundle packaging interfere this is a premium cigar through and through i also bought a box worth of these at uh, the great smoke last year too well did you buy a box? Kind of... did they have boxes or did they have packs no but packets like oh, i bought what? i bought i bought four packages of them yeah yeah i remember you bought this too yeah but for some reason i thought you had it on like i said that was my mistake more than anything uh, Abe, Abe, Abe actually brought the brand in, uh, Artista, based on this blend. He, he, he was really enjoying this cigar. Well, Abe's always been a smart man. Yeah, it's a great cigar. Great cigar. I haven't reviewed, I haven't reviewed this one yet, and it deserves a review. So, because uh, it's still got some cigar to your eligibility for me. So it's something I have to get back on my ass and do. And for twenty five bucks, I can easily get these. So, um, uh, no excuses there. I'm gonna pick up, pick this up. Best of the Buffalo 10 blends by far. And best, I think yes. the best cigar artiste has done. I mean, they've done some good cigars, but this is the best one. I'm a big fan of the Cimarron line. Uh, I do a, too. I like the Cimarron really line that. as well. That's my other favorite line it is. I agree. But uh, the, yeah, this is my favorite cigar that they make. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And I, agree. I mean, that's saying something because I'm a big poppy guy, right? <laughs> yep. I yeah. agree. Uh, I, I know what you're saying. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, it is, uh, like I said, really, really uh, enjoyable cigar. And like I said, George's reaction was incredible on that thing. Yeah. Um, One of the things I lamented to George was like when I first started this, again, this is my sixth list. And if you had asked me six, you know, five years ago, when I named the Espinosa Habana number four, the number one cigar of the year that year, if you had asked me like, oh, Bear, will you ever have a Connecticut Shade cigar as your number one cigar? I probably would have told you no. No. It's just at the time it just really there weren't there weren't while there were good ones coming out on the market it just really wasn't hitting for me like it just never they've never not never but they just they they carried a different place in my smoking rotation um but the last few years i've just really gravitated towards them i really like the way that people are using that wrapper you know particularly last year with uh, james brown and dissident you know with the rave the dissident rave, you know, that was my number one cigar of the year last year. And it was just a freaking phenomenal cigar still is. And then this year, my number one cigar of the year, which you, uh, which you picked. Um, this was no surprise. If you know, if you're around bear as much as I am, this was no surprise. And, uh, I think, I think the indicator was when we ha- we were doing the baseball show and I asked, uh, I asked one of the panelists, Miguel Shadell, if he had smoked it and he said, no, I said, you need to, cause it'll change your life. Uh, and it's the uh, the Espinosa uh, Crema Box Press Toro was my number one cigar of the year this past year. So, again, a cigar uh, line that's been around for with Espinosa for a while and certainly a line extension release that got really overshadowed by the Knuckle Sandwich, Azulejo, uh, Los Sensprevencias, all the limited editions that they've done. Um, uh, but this cigar, it just fucking hits. It's It is so good and it's so good in this size it is perfect in this size it's a I game like, changer in this size it really is it really is there it it lights up the room the silkiness when you put when you take that cigar out of the cellophane and you just hold the cigar the delicate silkiness like almost velvety texture of the wrapper is just oh it's so good Everything about the cigar. When you take off that footband, the ribbon, and you light it up, and you're hit with that that signature Espinosa spice that just hits the nose, but it's met with this beautiful creaminess from that wrapper. 
And it's just so well balanced. It's such incredible. It's so incredibly well done. And in this Vitola specifically, that airflow, the cool smoke added to it with that long chamber. Oh, man, it is fucking phenomenal. It is it is awesome. I love the cigar. Um, I'm so excited to name Espinosa Cigar their second number one cigar on all my lists. You know, they're the first company to do it. They're my first number one cigar. And, uh, you know, they've had other cigars. You know, they they had, uh, you know, the Cornelius and Anthony pop into my list. But, th- you know, these are the only two cigars that they've had in my top 10. So, which is surprising because I'm a huge fan of their, huge fan of, you know, Hector's blending, as we've talked about. A huge fan of their cigars, but this one just really carried the day, and um, it's sensational. It's going to be a staple in my humidor for years to come, like the Espinosa Habana Number Four. Just love it, love it. George, George liked this cigar a lot too. Yes, he did. Um, look, this is a great example of don't ignore the line extensions, guys. Uh, Kremer is a very, very good cigar that made my top twenty a few years ago. I have to review this cigar, but I can tell you that when I had it and Bear gave me one of these. It was incredible. I mean, the box pressing was incredible. And like I said, this is a great case for why we shouldn't ignore line extensions because this was a this was a great performing cigar. It's like I said, it's one I got to review. Um, and it's kind of funny because it, it did get overshadowed, I think, by a lot of stuff. I think that was a line extension, which is probably the biggest thing. Um, and Eric, it's not a Habano cigar. Yeah. And I love his Habano, so it's not like it's not like no, that. I mean, he does a great Habano, but but uh, this is again going back to the blending that Hector's doing. And you know, he, Hector loves box pressing rounded cigars, he loves to do it. And he's had you know what, you know, what other thing that was magically transformed the Kayexa when they mm-hmm. box pressed the Laranja. That Kayexa was my favorite, it's all there too. Yep, yeah, yeah. So they've had good success with box pressing these cigars, and um. I hope we see the, like, we had to chase, you had, I know you had to chase some of these down. Yeah, no. Uh, and so, yeah, I want to recognize uh, Alan from Caribbean Cigar in Miami, yeah. who, uh, you know, fished some for me. Um, you know, he's got, he's got, you know, he's a big Espinosa uh, shop. And so he's got a couple of box buyers on this, but he was able to square some away for me. I bought some, right. We were at a, we were at a party at the PCA trade show and I was talking to one of his guys on the phone, on his phone. And I was buying cigars off of on his phone we uh, in the middle Fier- of it. We the yeah, we were at the Guy Fieri party. I was doing we're that at in the, the middle Guy of Fieri party for Knuckle Sandwich, and he and bears off buying the crema. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he I'm, I'm, supp- yeah. I'm supporting the brand. No one can no no one can get mad at me. Hey, no, no. Exactly. I wasn't I wasn't flashing another cigar in a picture. I wasn't doing that number. Yeah, so. because because even at, at the Guy Fieri thing, Bear brought this up. Like I can't get I want to get this cigar, and. uh Alan was there, and I think Alan was at the Guy Fieri thing, and he said, hey, mm-hmm. call yeah. my guy here. So Bear's placing an order for this while Guy Fieri's, like, doing it. On Alan's phone, yeah. On Alan's phone, yeah. This is, giving him his credit cards. I mean, it was, it was a, it, and that's why, all these hands, it was no surprise that this was number one. It, it was yeah. the way you were raving about this cigar all year. Um, it did not catch anybody by surprise. We, we knew it, uh, and it was a great pick. It really was. So uh, congrats to Espinosa on that. Yeah, beautiful cigar. Yep. All right, we are at the end of the show. <laughs> it's only we did uh, it. yeah, we did it. So uh, again, great. We had a great aging experiment. Um, so a couple of programming notes. Um, there is a primetime show episode two fifty four on Thursday. We have Juan Lopez of Gurkha Cigars as our special guest. 
there'll be no shows next week uh, because I'm going to be at the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival. Um, and then we have some other shows coming, but I'll mention, I think 135 special edition. It looks like it's going to be the Super Bowl show. Uh, we know we have Carney for the Super Bowl show. So that's the big the game, the big game show, the big the, game the, show, well, uh, the big game show. Correct. The big game show. We got to say, I, I just, so we have Carney confirmed for that, but I think that will probably be the next special edition. That will be the, uh, I think it's the Tuesday before the Super Bowl. So uh, we will definitely have that. And that's always a fun show to do. Love it. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll go from that point. But uh, again, thanks uh, to you, Bear. Um, thanks to our audience as well. Um, and everybody else. We do appreciate everybody. Um, and that's going to wrap up Primetime Special Edition 134 into the Annals of History for... Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Now, Wednesday, January 18th in the Eastern and Central time zones. Well, not the mountain time zone yet. We'll see everybody next week. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.